Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. This is episode 29 for May 2020. And in case you do not know, this is a just casual podcast I like to do where I talk about whatever the hell I want to. Now, I've been alternating every single month pretty successfully for the past year and a half or so, where I'll either do a solo episode or I'll do a guest episode. And this month is going to be a guest month in which I do have someone here with me where I guess we're going to be talking about some nerdy stuff. But to my guest, as I always ask, who the hell are you? Dude, you would have been better off with a single episode. You don't, you know, this is gonna, this is gonna be bad for you. Oh no! Hi, uh, my name's Adam Korlick. Uh I'm an old ass YouTuber. How are you? <laughs> well, thank you for coming on, Adam. I, I appreciate you accepting yeah, no the invite on this. I'm hoping we'll thank have. Thank you a... for. Hmm? Yeah, thank you for bringing your show's quality down by having me on it. That's a big sacrifice oh, for you. Oh, no problem, no problem, man. I I had to, you know, get something out this month, so I was like, let me just grab Adam here and we can shit out an episode and be all good. I I am a great seat filler. I can fill seats with the best of them. Perfect, perfect. No, I'm sure this will be a fun <laughs> episode, so... It'll be acceptable. Yes, yes, it'll be at least acceptable. <laughs> Anyways, to yes. anybody who might not know who you are, I, I guess if you want to give your type of elevator speech over who you are, what you do, how people would know you, go ahead so the audience can get a sure. bit more acclimated. Sure. Uh, so as for mentioned, I am a YouTuber. I've been actually uh, on the platform since about 2009. Uh, currently, I work on a single channel that's just under my own name, which is primarily a retro gaming channel where I discuss... Uh, you know, product reviews, I discuss somewhat news, do history of consoles, I show oddball things, I do pickups, collections, a lot of just assorted video game console-based stuff. Uh, I had previously done a lot of work on other channels, such as uh, Game Society Pimps, uh, Blame Society Films, Machinima, when they were still around. Um, so I, I'm not new to the YouTube scene, this is just kind of, I'm a relic of another era. I don't know how I'm still on the platform, to be honest with you. <laughs> If you're around long enough, I mean, you gain a following and all that stuff. And yeah, I I personally, I think for myself, I'd found you maybe around 2013, 2014. I believe my, the first video I'd seen of yours was your uh, Sega Saturn retrospective. There you go. Yeah. Because I was, at the time, that was when, of course, I started discovering the Sega Saturn. It was like, my story was kind of similar to yours where I was like, all right, yeah, there was the Genesis, and then there was the Dreamcast, and what else happened? Like, there was a 32X, okay, and then there was a Sega CD, but there was really nothing between that, and then you find out about the Saturn, so when I was looking it up, I think your video was, like, one of the first ones I had looked up and seen, and I was like, oh, I like this guy's stuff, and oh, there's an entire retrospective series, so they were very entertaining to watch, and still are, whenever new episodes come out. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, no. Yeah, that um, that whole series was an accident. It was never really meant to be made. Um, should I discuss yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, because I'm fascinated. How the hell was this an accident? So, basically, after all the 8th um, the gen consoles came out, and for some reason I just got this bug up my ass, I was like, wouldn't it be kind of cool to just do a video where I talk about the, the three that were no longer relevant as of that moment, which would be uh the wii the xbox 360 and the ps3 so i just kind of talked about them generally just being like now that it's over here's what it was like kind of like recapping the score of a game that just ended like in sports or whatever and everybody was like this is awesome just keep doing more of these and i'm like all right i'm sitting on a mountain of consoles i'm happy to do it and it just kept going further and further and back down the timeline um really until i completed 
the second generation. I've, I've never done one on the first generation of consoles. It's still kind of on my list, but the problem with the first generation of consoles is like it's all Pong clones except for the Magnavox Odyssey. So it's really only worth like two videos. Um, and I just haven't sat down to actually do them. But over time, I ended up filling up, filling in a lot of the gaps with random consoles that I hadn't previously owned. Things that nobody has a reason to own, like an Apple Pippin or an Amstrad GX4000 or a Casio Loopy. I was going to say, probably Casio Loopy is no what I think of with you. <laughs> the Casio Loopy somehow became very tied to me, um, probably because I'm the only person who's talked about it in the last 20 years. Um <laughs> Because it's just such a pointless, irrelevant console. Who was... Actually, I, I got tweeted at today. Some dude got, like... There's a really rare Casio Loopy game. And I guess he found it and therefore completed the set. So, like, all of my Twitter was blowing up because I got tied to this post about some guy completing the Casio Loopy collection. That's amazing. And it's like, why am I tied to that? <laughs> Even in my Discord, like, there's a bunch of logos of Casio Loopy stuff. I'm like, I think it was just because, like... I was really tired when I made that video, so that video, is, rather than a history lesson, is more like a stand-up co co comedy routine about a crappy console. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much what it turned into. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I remember half that was about the console, the other half was about the stupid dog game, is what you lovingly call oh, it. Oh, the damn stupid dog game. <laughs> um, I think One time I had three copies of the damn stupid dog game. That's great. I think at one point, because um, I've seen your video on it, I've seen Ashen's video as well, so I think you two are like the only two people who have talked in depth about it, but if you've seen his video, I'm not sure if you have, he actually got a friend with him who knew Japanese, and they played through the entire stupid dog game, and he talked about that and showed it that i did not do i did have if i recall correctly what happened in my case is i had a second one that a buddy of mine in san francisco uh wanted to buy from me and when we were at uh, his office to check it out one of his co-workers could speak and read japanese and so he started doing a little translation for us and then he just said you two are losers <laughs> and he left <laughs> and we were like yes because <laughs> it was like there's nothing funnier than just playing this guy who speaks fluent Japanese but doesn't really know much about video games just sees us. Of all the things we could have picked up from Japanese culture to entertain ourselves, we're playing the stupid dog game. Mm -hmm. That's And he just couldn't understand it. Oh my <laughs> like... god, that's almost insulting in a way, but hilarious at yeah. the same time. Yeah, he didn't He didn't have a problem with it. He just thought you guys, he just said, you guys are losers, and then he walked into the break room. <laughs> <laughs> like... It would be worth checking anyway. out that Ashens one just so you could see like what happens near the end and then how like that the end game stuff is because uh, I think you can't do any of the actual like sticker stuff or any of that I guess quote unquote mm -hmm. fun stuff until you actually beat the game and yeah credit to him he finished the game and he had to put a translator through that. Oof. <laughs> yeah, but did he have to walk around? The greater uh, Tokyo area carrying a Casio Loopy in the box. Did he have to do that? I don't think he did. I had to do that. Yeah, that's something you had, had to do. To do that. But that's your fault. Yeah. It is. <laughs> and I got loopied. I've, I've said it many times. That was on me. Perfect. <laughs> so we've, we've, bo we've both done our trial by fire. That's excellent. That's – yeah. I've – you know, even I looked into that system a little bit, and I'm just like – you know, I'm glad I didn't try to ever seriously go after it because this would just not be something I would want or want to play with or anything. But I think the funny thing was, too, I even recently looked into it and I was like, oh, there's ROMs and emulators for this. Like, from a preservation standpoint, cool. From a practical standpoint, why? Why would you want to emulate this? Especially because I don't know how well you could do the sticker thing. 
uh, you can't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, short of having a real printer, I guess. Yeah. But it's like, what? Are, why? Who cares? What are we doing this for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then even so, it's like, do I really want to interface this with my printer and go all out? Like, it, it, some it, part of me thinks that's really cool, and the other part just has to ask why. Yeah, I. Yeah, I don't know. I've kind of said my piece on the Loopy. It's got its eleven games that no one will ever play. It's it seems to be more interesting as a, a subject of discussion than it is actually a platform. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, that's that's all it's got going. And eleven for it, games. Man. I didn't know it was it was that short on there. I guess I kind of forgot that. But that set would that be like the probably the smallest console library then? Actually, that's a really good question because I think it might be. Even the Jaguar CD had thirteen. So yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really good point i did not think of that until you said it um i don't know what could have had a smaller library than that even virtual boy had 22 yeah yeah no those those 32x all had... had like 44 yeah that had a more respectable library as well at the same time <laughs> well yeah but amstrad gx 4000 had what like 26 or something that i do not know i know pretty much nothing about that well, yeah, I did a video. You can check it out, and then I'll have to. I'll have to refresh myself on oh, that. Oh, yeah, it'll be super exciting. <laughs> Terrible console. Um, only British. Uh, that's a video just for the British because they're the only ones who ever got that console, so they're the only ones that ever yes. remember it. Yeah, kind of. It's um, it's interesting to see what they got overseas that we didn't get hit with at all. Like the oh, dude, like the ZX Spectrum. I was like, I know absolutely nothing about this. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I gotta admit that I've never picked one up because I'm not. Uh, when it comes to gaming, I'm not really... I don't game on PCs. And I granted, that's a very different type of gaming on PC experience, but it's just... Yeah, because kind of like, that's kind of like... it's Whatever. It's a PC, but it's kind of a console thing, but PC at the yeah. same time. So, yeah, it's it's technically it's a, a PC. I understand. It's a weird hybrid. Plus, a lot of that stuff, like that Amiga-era stuff, is all, like, huge. So the idea of, like, oh, I'll stuff this in my suitcase and bring it... Like, no. Like... <laughs> I'd be worried about some of that stuff breaking on the plane ride back. Precisely. Like, it's just, it's not really worth it. Mm -hmm. um, that and, you know, you got to just get to a point where, like, do I need an Am an Amiga 500 computer? Like, do I need that for any reason? <laughs> no. I don't need a Casio Loopy, but at least a Casio Loopy is, like, small and it's funny. Sure. Uh, an Amstrad GX 4000 is really small and really pointless, but is funny. But, like, a giant, big, bulking 80s, 90s computer just be like, hey, guys, I have this in a closet somewhere. I don't need that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know with uh, which system was it? No, it was, like, when I've traveled, because I'll still do, like, game pickups and console pickups if I find some good stuff. But I also kind of have to, like, weigh in the deals and all that as well, too. And um, when I had done a video over, like, stuff I picked up in Seattle, I kind of talked about this a bit. But you can get real excited really fast, like... At one point, I picked up a white PS2 Slim because I didn't own it. And, you know, it's small and compact because it's a PS2 Slim of all things. So that, to me, was worth it. But then if I saw a really good deal on an original Xbox, like 5 10 bucks, something like that, I had to hold off and be like, no, I shouldn't take this because it's going to really struggle to fit in my small suitcase. And plus, it's going to be, I guess, whatever savings whenever I bring it back home compared to, you know, finding a console on eBay, like an equivalent, you know, used, not tested console on eBay and having it shipped, I'm going to save, what, five, ten bucks maybe in the process, but also cause myself a lot of headache. Yeah, yeah. Xboxes are brutal for that reason. Uh, they are. OG ones. Like, even, like, a lot of the modders that I know, not including you, 
who are like, uh, yeah, we love to, we sell modded consoles and all that sort of stuff. Nobody really touches the OG Xbox, even though it's like the history's like most infamously obvious console to mod. Um, and it does so many amazing things. And the reason is always down to shipping. It's like, it's just not worth it. It's just too big and too heavy. So wait, with the original Xbox modders, you know, like, or the people who I guess avoided that's So that's kind of a strange thing to me because I see, I guess I'm not sure who you've talked to or where you've looked. Cause I've seen a lot of people who still to this day will mod up Xboxes and sell and ship them and all that fun stuff. See, the guys I were talking to, they'll do them, but they'll always stick within local just because they don't want to ship them because that just adds to the expense, especially internationally. Okay. Uh, like like Canadian modders don't want to ship them to the States because it's not worth it. It costs more to ship it than the console what, itself is worth. Once you ship out anything, like unfortunately, like from the U.S. to Canada, it, it, shipping prices will go up by at least three times. Oh, I, definitely true. But, uh, I mean, that was just, I mean, again, I don't mod stuff, but even the guys I know, that's, that's pretty much always what they say. Like even the Americans who say that too, are just like, eh. mm-hmm. I mean, if you really want it, we'll do it. But it's just like, here's how much extra it will cost to do that. Sure. Sure. I I've seen typically it's, they are just big enough where they won't fit in any of the USPS flat rate boxes. So you got to supply your own box and then you're going to have to pay shipping on that. And depending on how you do it and where you go, you're going to pay anywhere from 20 to $40 typically for that. So I guess it, it is more annoying to ship than like an Xbox 360 or another smaller system. But at the same time, I'm a little bit surprised as well, too, that so many people that I guess kind of just holds them off from shipping it out anywhere. Yeah. Also, I guess considering how worthless the console itself typically is, uh, as opposed to like, I mean, the, the collector's editions and whatever or not, but like the, the standard edition of a console, as you point out, you could get it for like five bucks if you really try hard enough, whereas it would cost like $40 to ship it. So doesn't that defeat the point like to an extent? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's how I've seen some systems on eBay, at least. So I haven't looked at all in the past couple months, like for original Xboxes, because one, I don't need any. And two, um, I know everything is inflated right now because of coronavirus and all that fun stuff or not fun stuff in this case. Um, but I remember even when I was looking up systems on eBay, like the cheapest Xbox I could find, because they, even if they do free shipping, they have to factor the shipping cost in there. The cheapest ones I was finding were were like untested console only 32 35 bucks something along those lines and i'm just like well that's about how much you're going to be paying to ship it so you're you're really just trying to get this out of your house at this point especially after ebay and paypal fees yeah exactly (laughs) so like i said they're just they're expensive to ship and that's why the modders i've talked to are just like i mean they'll do it if people want to pay that but it's like they always have to add that to the cost which is unfortunate but hey you know it is what it is sure i don't know if i was looking for one i couldn't mod myself i totally do having a modded xbox is awesome it is but if you couldn't mod one yourself all of a sudden i'd wonder if you had a head injury because that's like your thing oh what'd you say sorry you might have to repeat that last bit i said (laughs) if you yourself could not personally mod an original xbox i would be worried if you had a head injury (laughs) it's kind of your thing yeah that's that's a nice thing about them i guess i i guess i'm thinking of like more advanced modifications like if you want to do custom bios and you know upgrade the hard drive and do all that fun stuff but yeah i love how easy the soft mod is on there especially like yeah, no I, i'm saying the same thing i'm saying you specifically yes 
have to be like one of the most prolific Xbox modders that exists. So if you suddenly were like, oh, dude, I can't do this, I'd be like, okay, so Mr. Mario got a head injury. Like, that's what happened. Because I don't know why okay, he suddenly I, can't. I get that. He can't do the thing he was programmed in life to I do. I guess I was, well, thank you. I, I guess I was trying to take it in a different direction where I was like imagining myself in a situation where I couldn't mod any system for whatever reason. I just didn't have yes, that. Yes, and that situation is called you having a head injury. Oh, well, I was thinking even before the head injury, I was just thinking maybe so I was like super yeah. inept or something. <laughs> no, that, well, yes, because of the head injury. You have to go. With I'm trying the, to remove the, the head injury. Here. There's plenty of people who can't do mods that don't have yes, head injuries. Yes, other people, but we're talking about you specifically. I'm not talking about You specifically. My... Okay, okay. I fine. am. I'm saying you specifically, <laughs> unless you have a head injury, will always be able to modify an Xbox. Well, thank you. I, I can appreciate now, that. Now, if you're not, let's say if you're not him, but you're me. You definitely can't mod an Xbox. So there you go. Use me as an example because I can't do I that. I was going to ask, have you ever attempted a soft mod? Uh, not personally. I I mean, I know that there's the... Uh, I, if I was going to approach it, I would have done it through the... Uh, what was it? The 007 Nightfire and the Action Replay like USB mm-hmm. memory card exploit. But beyond that, like, probably not. I, no. So the, the thing I love about that is I'm sure, like, you've at least, like, seen some of the menus and such on there. and it... Oh, yeah. I helped a friend do it, oh, like, yeah. 2006. Mm-hmm. Oh, so this will be a good one. So it, everything has come so far now where, like, a lot of those installers kind of bork and might mess up a few things and might have a few issues here and there and might just, you know, cause either immediate issues or issues down the line or it can be perfectly fine. So even in that stance, they could be a little bit unpredictable uh but one gentleman by the name of rocky five just starting a few years ago he created the xbox soft modding tool where he just said i'm going to take all this shit and rebuild it and clean it up and do everything properly and make it safer and easier for the end user so the absolute hardest thing on this is getting the save files and such over to your xbox and then once it's all done it's literally it's like two clicks, almost no user intervention. You boot up your save game exploit, and then it says, hey, you're going to soft mod your Xbox. Do you want to continue? And you continue on, and then it does some stuff, and then it says, all right, take out the disk. Restart the system. And then it says, we're going to back up this other thing. Press OK, and then you're done. And it's like a four or five minute process. It's amazing how fast it's been boiled down now. That's impressive. Yeah. So that's that's definitely the way I'd recommend going. Just uh, Rocky Five's uh, Xbox soft modding tool, because at that point you 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 will anybody can look at it, but even like you can look at it and be like, there's almost no way to screw this up here, as long as it's all green lights going ahead. I don't know. I I always assume a boomer could mess up something like that. <laughs> you have to have parents, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mine gets confused about like how to turn on our computer, so it's like you just you know. <laughs> I wouldn't trust the boomers with this, but beyond that, I, I agree with Dude, you. Dude, on the flip side, I've had my parents where I had scolded them for years for not turning off their computers, so they would keep their computers on constantly, which I do not like yeah. the idea of. And their last PC before I built them a new one, uh, they ended up having some issues and had a bunch of data, um, was it data corruption and such, because they had yeah. a thunderstorm. And during the thunderstorm, they said, oh, let's turn off the computer. So they went upstairs, and of course, it took like 30 minutes to turn off. But in the middle of that, the power cut. So a whole lot of mm-hmm. stuff got messed up. And I remember like when they were explaining it to me, I was mad because I'm like, guys, I've been telling you for years, turn off the computer when you don't use it. Turn it off. And they're like, well, we were going to. I was like, no, if you if you listen to me for what I've been saying for years, this wouldn't have happened. Because when you stopped using it at 8 p.m., you would have turned it off. 
You're preaching to the choir, my friend. <laughs> have you dealt with the same Let's thing with your parents? Oh, dude, I, what year is it? Of course I have. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and rip on our parents, but yes, boomers, learn how stuff works. <laughs> it's not that hard. So what what I've started doing recently is uh, now, like, because I, I mean, I moved, technically, I guess my parents moved away, but I stopped living with my parents like eight years ago now at this point. So mm-hmm. they started having to pick up a few things. And I'm very proud of them. Like they've started looking up an air on how to do something before they contact me like some of the time not all the time but some of the time um but at one point uh it's been recently i've started doing this now my younger brothers are a bit older and they're very capable of you know technology and all that other fun stuff so it's now gone to the point like if my parents ask me something i'll tell them what to do and then they're typically really confused and then i'll tell them Take your phone and show this text to my brothers. They will help you out. And then, of course, my brothers do whatever it is, and they text me back. They're like, dude, that was super easy. Why did you have me do that? Because it's just faster. Exactly. Trust me, I I can relate. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole because we'll just start ripping into our parents forever. But, yeah, that's all I'm going to say is parents, please learn how stuff works. Thank you. (laughs) true that all right i can you know what i can totally change it up that's fine because i don't i love wait parents we love you all right we definitely love we do we do yes but if we go down this we'll just start ripping into them for no reason i know and it'll be like four hours later it's just like oh and another thing and another thing you have to turn the mouse the other direction you can't put it upside down and expect it to work that's never happened but you get my point like it'll get to that craziness <laughs> one thing I, I will say that is this is a positive i want to end on a positive note here one one thing that is very positive is my parents know the differences between all the game systems in the household so they don't just call really? everything a nintendo or everything an xbox or something they actually know the differences and they can tell me oh yeah they're upstairs playing uh switch or they're playing playstation with their friends and i'm like oh wow i'm so proud of you guys for knowing those differences yeah i'll give it to my mom she she did learn how to do that one although there's only two in the house and they're both hers at her house i should say because um, she has a ps3 that she uses for like youtube purposes uh and then down in the basement she's got like an xbox one that she uses for like disney plus sure that's it that works as, as hey as... There's, there's longer there's longer stories to it but again let's why even bother let's just mm-hmm. at, at that point i mean you have she has two systems that she knows how to work it sounds like and that is perfectly fine i'd be surprised if she knew they were video game systems but at least she knows what to call them sure <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one thing I, I was going to ask you is uh, I, I, I'm not sure about what your situation has been here fully. I have been doing the whole social distancing and self-quarantining thing for about two months now, and it's looking like I'm going to be doing it for at least another two months. But I was wanting to know, how's uh, how's everything been going for you on your side with that? Oh, OK. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so <laughs> I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> I, no, I, all right, I, I live alone, which is fine. Um I have my own place in Chicago and I've basically been here almost entirely since February. Um, and it's kind of driving me insane because of the, if if people who don't know anything about me, whatever, um, I, I typically go to a lot of different conventions and events and all sorts of stuff literally throughout the world. 
And so my, my life for the last few years has been a constant cycle of travel, like in and out of airports constantly. And I mean, like we're talking multiple flights a week. Uh, and so the idea that I would be suddenly grounded and just be like, oh, I'm staying at home for months on end is beyond abnormal to me now. Uh, and it's 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 cool in the sense that it's given me time to tinker with a whole bunch of stuff at home that I didn't have any time for. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But it's, it's also totally messing with me. Like, I'll give you an example, dude. Last year, 2019, I spent about two months collectively at home throughout the entire year. The remaining 10 months were spent across 11 different countries in 46 different cities. That's impressive. So, I'm aware. But so for that to suddenly just come grinding to a halt with every single like I, I would I can't even tell you how many things got canceled. I was supposed to be going to. Um, and so it's just kind of like the effect on that has been mostly like, fuck, I want to get back in the air. <laughs> like That's that's been the effect. But at least at home, I've been able to take care of a bunch of stuff, which actually I'm going to tell this story that I, I told you specifically, but now your audience can hear it. Um, what kind of reconnected myself and Mr. Mario here was that this gentleman was kindly enough to send me a modified Xbox 360 two years ago. Uh, I opened it in February of 2018, and until lockdown, I did not have the time to turn it on because I was never home. I was never home. And a modified Xbox 360, as I'm sure you know, is a hell of a lot of work to get all tinkered with and set up and ready to go. So by the time lockdown rolled around, I was like, oh, cool, I got a bunch of time on my hands to play with this thing. And that was when we first discovered it had a little bit of an issue on both of our ends that needed to be fixed, and we took care of all that. But it's like, that's to give you a sense of how much I'm not used to being home. (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy we got that ironed out, too. I know there's, um, I I don't even mind talking about this, because there's going to be, you know, videos on this as well. I haven't seen what you've done. You haven't seen what I've done. But I know Mm -hmm. with, uh, because, yeah, that's what happened. There was a spare RGH 1.2 that I had built out, and I, I did it for a tutorial. But then it worked real well. It was booting real well. And I was just like, well, this is awesome. Uh, the problem is... This is like one of the many, this is kind of redundant in my setup because I have so many well-working modified 360s, but I don't just want to keep this sitting here and have it go to waste, but I also don't really want to sell the system because it's really annoying selling them. I have a whole video about that where I ranted about it. Oh, I saw that tirade. Oh, that was special. Oh my God. Yeah, that was fro- That was because of a 360. Yeah, it's it's Xbox I people. Know. Where's the GTAs? Give me the GTAs. It, I've, I've decided this. It's Xbox people. It's Xbox people specific, like 360 people specifically. I mm-hmm. haven't dealt with this with like Sony systems or Nintendo modified systems, but but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, on that, that was where I knew, like, I was going to send it to you, and I knew because you were busy. She's like, oh, yeah, you, you might get to this in two or three years. Because I remember, like, the, the last time we talked before, you you had a Genesis that you had a friend mod, and you didn't get to testing it until, like, two or three years later, and it turned out that was broken. <laughs> what? Um, There was a – so we did an episode of Mod Chat, I want to say, like, years ago, and I think you had a Genesis that had, like – s video and composite modified in oh yeah yes yeah and <laughs> yes, yes and i remember i still have it yeah yeah and i remember you were telling me that i think it was like the s video output was the mod on there and um mm-hmm. 
you you had it like it got sent to you and then you didn't turn it on for like two or three years and then you were just like oh the mod doesn't work yeah that sounds vaguely familiar yeah so this is just a repeat of that where it was like the, the rgh was working but it's like I'm happy we got everything resolved now after you sent it to me and I did a bunch of other stuff to it, but silly me, I'm still kicking myself over this, even though it's no big deal to you, but this was no, somehow, no. The, the one system that I donated, that I sent out, that was meant for to, to help you out with RGH and all that stuff, um, and this is partially why I don't get into sales, because I'm afraid of stuff like this happening. That was like the one system, the one system I could think of, I did not pair up the DVD drive, and to this day, I, I can't figure out how or why that happened so to clarify to people what he's saying is when i finally turned it on i tried putting a disc in it and it wouldn't read any discs it just recognized them as dvds um and so that's when i had to take the awkward step of approaching him and being like here's what happened and before you guys all judge me because i know i, I sound like a jerk because I, I didn't turn on a console for two years i i want to i want to stress this he sends this to me at the end of February, which once again was a wonderful, beautiful gesture that he'd never had to do in the first place. Well, thank you. I also, well, like, well, hold on. I, I was going to, I, I want to adjust your time frame a little bit. So I know I, looking at the files, I built it July 2017. And I think I, I have actually, the email proof. I have the email proof. You do? Proof okay. Because I, I thought I sent it to you in 2017, but then it took you, you a few months. You sent it to me in January. No, no, no. You sent it to me in January of 2018 because I have an email proving that. Okay, okay. And then I have a, I have a video proving of when I opened it. Yes, which was which a few months later. February of 2018. Or, it was a month after that. February oh, of 2018. A, okay. For some reason, I thought it was longer. But okay. So yeah, your, nope, your nope. time skill is more uh, accurate than mine. Carry on. Yeah, so he sends it to me, which, again, wonderful, beautiful gesture. He didn't have to do it. But the time span in which he sent it to me, I had just got back from God knows where. And just to give you another sense of this, I open it at the very end of February. Uh, if you fast forward only to, like, mid-April, in that time span alone, I went to Japan three separate times. Uh, I, I, I then had to, you know, do the whole, like, E3 route and all the stuff that comes up through summer, which is just, like video game convention here event there there is no time to come home and spend the hours and hours and hours and hours it takes to work on an xbox 360 while also trying to you know do other things like make video content and live your life and you know spend time with your girlfriend all that sort of stuff that you got to do there was i'm sorry there was just no time the least i should have done was turn it on but i just i didn't have time i never had time it was like i'll put it to the side i'll deal with it when i get home which version of get home well not this trip it's going to be next year oh fuck i just got sent somewhere else okay i don't have time for this that's what just kept happening and i i know that's impossible to relate to i get it i'm sorry i know it makes me suck but like it's just what happened and the second i had time I went into it, and I went into it hardcore, and you'll see in the video whenever that comes out. You know, I, I guess I was wondering on that then, too. So just talking with all the travel and stuff, would it be fair to say a like a very high overwhelming majority of your travel was video game related somehow? Of course. Isn't the ironic thing with that is... You didn't never have, play video games. You didn't play video. I never have time you for it. That many video games. You weren't messing with game systems, but you were spending so much time away from home for video game things. That's just there, there's something yeah, torturous about that. I I uh, don't get me wrong. I love it, but it's kind of like I liken it to video games have become like what movies are in school are, where it's like it's a nice break for a bit, and then you realize you have to write the report on it, and it's not fun anymore. Sure that's that's what wow, video that's... games become at a certain point okay yeah because i mean that kind of become it's I, I haven't heard that an analogy that's a really good one but uh i have heard like uh 
it was on a recent episode of Painkiller already. I think it was the one Only Use Me Blade was on, and they were talking about like how it was to be a Call of Duty commentator back in the day. And they said that you know since that was their full time job, they were playing Call of Duty, they were getting footage, they were doing all this other stuff, and it was very much a thing where it became work. So they spent hours playing the game, but not really playing it for enjoyment, so to speak, on there. So sometimes mm-hmm. it'd be like in the evening, some of their friends who work day jobs would get off work. They're just like, hey, you want to play some Call of Duty? And they're just like, hell no, I don't want to play any Call of Duty. I don't want to play anything right now. That sounds awful. It's exactly how it gets. <laughs> it's exactly how it gets. So uh, the other thing is, at least with the Xbox 360, like I knew I wanted to do a video with it, but... I, that's something that you're going to have to do when you have time because you want to do justice to it. And as I'm sure you know, probably better than anyone, uh, uh, tinkering with a modded 360 to kind of get it to where you want it to be takes a lot of time. Especially when you're talking about a ton of data migration, a data conversion, especially everything over like USB 2.0. Mm-hmm. So it just takes forever to do that sort of justice. Sure. I know with... um. What is it now? And even I kind of want to clarify this to anybody who might be thinking, oh, it doesn't take that much time to set up or any of that. So people who might say that, because uh, I, I want to be sympathetic here, people who might say that are probably people who have set up 360s where uh, for me, I, I could do a lot of the setup in my sleep. And even so, there's shit that I'm going to miss. Like at one point, mm-hmm. uh, right before I sent out your 360 you again, uh, I had it all like almost ready to go. And I was like, fuck, the avatar update's not on here. So I put that on. So like little things will slip or even like, you know, not flashing the DVD drive properly, stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of that stuff, like I can set up a 360 and get it in a really good point within a few minutes and it's no effort to me. But that's also because within college, I was living and breathing these systems as well too. And I was in and out. So I have just so much of that knowledge that will probably never escape my brain. So for me, it's like it's kind of second nature at times. And when I just get in front of a 360, it all comes back to me. But I've also the unfortunate thing with it is for any type of newcomers, it can be really jarring. It can be super confusing. There's a whole lot of terminology that people aren't going to understand that they're going to need to pick up. And there's going to be things that are going to be messed up on there. So I will be one of the first people to acknowledge that I do think for me, at least setting up a 360, getting it all up and running, it's fun. It's easy enough to do but it's easy enough to do when you have the know-how and you know where to go and you know what exactly to navigate but if i was like a newcomer coming into this in 2020 i'd be like jesus christ you know what fuck this system i'm just gonna put it back in the box i'm done (laughs) well to add to that i'm also talking about the sheer amount of time it takes to transfer like hundreds of games over yes you were doing that as well that's what i'm talking about so like I have a massive Xbox 360 and original Xbox collection. And because I'm a digital pack rat, I have digitally backed up every disc I own and archived them. So you have to manually unarchive every single one of those discs. Now, in the case of Xbox 360, you don't just take out the ISO and then throw it on a hard drive. You have to convert it first. So you're talking about doing that with every single bit of data every single game you own and then you have to migrate all of this over usb 2.0 drives so it takes time it's not even like once you figure out the process it's not hard it's just like it takes literally weeks because of how much content there is yeah no that's all i know i totally get that i would never have had time to do that in 2018 or 2019 yeah, but now you're... Uh, That's what I'm trying to say. Now now you got all the time in the world now, just like everyone else. I know, and now it's done. 
That's perfect. I know it's wonderful. Side thing here, but it was funny on my uh, on my second channel. I have I I I had to put this this series on pause, unfortunately for obvious reasons. But it was uh um it was called Thrifty Gaming Pickups, where I just kind of go over the stuff I got at like thrift stores and all these other places every month. And because of you know worldly circumstances, I can't do that, nor do I want to do it because I like saving money right now, and it's not safe to go out and do all that shit. So yep. it was funny because I saw one comment at one point where this is a few weeks ago and somebody complained about me taking too long to explain something on the video. My reply to it was just, dude, you have nothing else going on. What else do you have to do right now? <laughs> yeah, you're talking to the guy who's the king of taking too long to explain something. Like that's that's like 50 percent of my channel. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I empathize. I did not know you had that title. I do. I've self-decided it. But I, I do get a lot of I, I get a ton of comments about like, dude, you could have done this video 17 minutes shorter. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Like, you have no idea. <laughs> like, there's a reason if I said it that it needed to be said. Like, I'm not saying that I'm perfect in that type of thing. But I am saying, like, if I'm giving you a bit of history and a bit of understanding about why I came to that conclusion, it's to make your life a bit easier when you end up using that device. Sure. And you I know, like, how many reviews do you want of a guy who's like, yeah, guys, I got the box. It's pretty good. I, I would give it like an A. Anyway, <laughs> bye. Like, what the fuck is that? He, you know, he like, gave it an A. Goodbye. Shit, you want that's that what it shit was. ass review? That's like that's like the equivalence of a thumbs up review. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have hostility for anybody who's like, dude, this would have been a lot shorter. You should have just said if it was good or not. It's like. You suck! Go go watch, go go read a tweet. If you want a tweet review, that exists. Don't come here. Don't click on a video that's 39 minutes long when all you want to know is yes or no. This is not the right place for you. Are you okay? This is for... Oh, I'm okay. Okay. This is just pent-up frustration. This is just years of, like, where... I just don't understand. Like, if I went to your video, right? Like, you have, like, an hour-long video of, like, the installation process of an Xbox 360. Like, how to mod, whatever. If I came on your video and I was like, dude, this is like 50 minutes longer than I was expecting. I just want you to, I just want to see it. I just want to see it work. I just want to see you install it. Wouldn't you be like, I, I, I showed you that. Yeah. Well, I showed I, you that in intricate detail. Yeah. What, what did you want? Yeah, but I just wanted to see it. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you, you know, that's, that's what I'm talking it's, about. It's funny. Cause I was actually, so uh, thankfully I don't have that pent up frustration. It sounds like, but you know, it will. I wouldn't even say it really annoys me. I just kind of look at this as like a, okay, why? I, I guess that's kind of my reaction to it. But no, I, I, I do a lot of tutorials and such, as many people would know. So I've actually had that where, like, I'm aware I will go on um, maybe longer than I need to at times for tutorials. But I want to answer, you know, a whole lot of small details. And I want to answer, you know, a lot of newbie questions and some things that might be confusing within that video. And if the video has to be 35 minutes to explain the procedure, so be it. Um, but, you know, my logic on that is I have seen people who are just like, oh, yeah, this 35-minute video could have just been eight minutes if you didn't waffle on about all of this. And I'm like, well, one, the whole process is going to take you about 35 minutes or an hour. And two, you know, for the 10 pe like, if I did really cut that down and try to get it to your eight-minute time length that you're looking for, I'll have, like, yeah, five, like, in this case here, you know, there's going to be, 10 people right now who are complaining my video is too long but on the flip side if i really cut it down i'm going to have 
hundreds and hundreds of people who are going to complain that I didn't go into nearly enough detail and I assumed way too much and I didn't include certain things and they're stuck on all these steps. And even on those longer videos, that's still going to happen because maybe not to the furthest extent, but you'll run into people who they just have odd issues like a USB drive not working or not having a certain controller for something on there. Uh, but that that's how I look at it. I'm just like, you know what? I will take the five people complaining that this video is too detailed or too long so I don't have 500 people complaining that there's not enough detail and I didn't cover all the stuff to get them to a successful spot. That is very excellently and calmly put. That's what I meant. <laughs> uh, I'll just say ditto. Uh, yes, no, seriously. That's basically, no, I agree. That's like the same motivation that I have behind that. What, what frustrates me is when the person who complains about it being too long can't empathize with the rest of the audience who's there to get the full explanation sure again if you want the 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 tweet equivalent of what you're supposed to do this isn't for you and the time code alone should have told you that before you clicked on it mm -hmm. that's that's where i'm at yeah and even i i get that and even on the um even kind of branching off from that a little bit i've even some seen people who have come to my channel again it's you know tutorial based and such but i've seen people who've come to my channel who've said yeah you know i really didn't want to follow this video because it was let's say a 35 minute video covering this so i tried to cut watching the eight minute nine minute 12 minute videos and i kept getting stuck on all this shit and i didn't understand anything so after wasting time on those videos i came to watch this and I had to pause a few times, but I got from start to finish with no issues. And now it's like, why didn't I just watch the longest video here? Or maybe not even long, but why didn't I just watch this one to begin with? As opposed to trying to save time and watching all the shorter videos explaining this complex procedure and then getting super confused by them and then wasting even more time. Yeah, I've, I've received that too on like a lot of my, um, I do a lot of videos about cleaning up game consoles. And a lot of those, I would just do it slow, methodically, and I'd not only show the teardown, but I'd also show the res restoration and not just assume that because you took all the screws out of it, you can automatically know where they all go to put them back in. Oh, so you do the reassembly um, on them, too. Correct. Okay. And so I would do all that, and usually I, the, a lot of people, the comment on those is usually like, man, you're like the Bob Ross of video game console cleaning. <laughs> it's like, it's boring, but I love it. <laughs> like it helps me sleep i'm like that's good but how many people are actually using them for like tutorial purposes i don't know but i do occasionally get that type of interaction where people's like i'm so thankful that you actually put it back together because that I, that really would have made it hard if i hadn't known how to do that sure. so you know you try you try and I, I think we're both taking the right approach there i and you know even on that it's funny you bring that up because I was, I was running into that today where uh, for anybody who hasn't messed with the xbox one x before there's only been one that i've opened but i've opened and closed it many many times it's my friend sean's xbox and um he, he was having he's had some issues with it so i've been looking into it um but the thing i hated with the xbox one x is you know it's it's very well put together um and you can tell that it's just a engineering marvel of a console. And you watch a teardown video, you follow along with it, awesome. You're going to pause a few times. It's super easy to get apart. Kind of weird to like misshape and stuff because the system is literally upside down when you're running it. So you have to get used to that point there. But then putting all this stuff together, it's mostly fine. Although the top cover on the Xbox One X it slides off in kind of a jerky measure when you remove it. 
but you cannot put it back on that way. So I've literally had this Xbox One X sitting here for the past two months without a top cover on it because I said I'm not going to put that top cover on until I am completely done with this thing, until I'm ready to just write it off and say we are good to go, we're never opening this thing up again. Because when my friend Sean and I, when we took it apart together and put it back on, it took us just as long to get that top cover back on as it did to do the actual modification we were doing, which was replacing the hard drive with the solid state drive and getting it set up on there. So it was super frustrating. And it was finally like I was looking at, you know, uh, disassembly videos and they wouldn't cover the reassembly or they'd say, hey, it's just it's the same thing in reverse. And it's certainly not at that point. So what I had to do was I had to actually shout out to Spawnwave Media. I had to find Spawnwave's Xbox One X teardown and then get to the point where he was putting it back together. And you can see he struggled with the exact same thing. He was trying to slide it back on and it wasn't going. So he tried to kind of jerk it back on and it wasn't going. And then there's a jump cut and I did have to slow it down here. But you see you have to flip the console over vertically and then you kind of have to lean the, the side cover and get it matched up with these clips and then bring it down. And at that point, it sticks on. It's completely different putting that top cover on as it is removing it. And it's so frustrating because there's little to no information covering that exact part. Well, that's, I guess, somewhat spoilers. And I'm glad to know that because I've been asking you, like, because you... so for those who don't know, uh, He's going to be upgrading my Xbox One X, which is why I think he's bringing it up. Um, oh, I will be, yeah. But he kept, <laughs> yeah, but he kept saying, like, uh, <laughs> uh, I hope I can get the top back on. I kept being like, what are you talking about? So now I know why. Um, so you can, of my consent, if you want, you just go ahead and film that process. You can be the only guy with a good video about how to put it back together. To be honest, I'm actually seriously considering that, just, like, making a video of only putting a top cover back on and being like, hey, I know I'm not the only person struggling with this, so all the Xbox disassembly reassembly videos, like, that's easy enough. Here's how to do the top cover, and very specifically. So I, I don't know if I'm going to do that yet, but I might have to. Worst case, I do still have, you know, I have two Xbox One Xs in this household that I can use as guinea pigs, but... We'll see on that. <laughs> Up to you. Yeah. But yeah, no, that'll be that'll be a fun time. And I'm I'm not kidding. Now I'm confident with it, but I'm not kidding where I was just like, you know, opening up the whole system, cleaning it, getting the new hard drive in, optioning it. That's the easy part. The hard part that's going to take another 30 or 45 minutes is trying to figure out how the hell this top cover goes back on with no documentation. <laughs> You got it because you got to think it's it, there is actually a trick to it because there's no way they're assembling those things so in such volume without you know knowing exactly how that works. Right, right, and you can't, and, and then even just like trying to like slide it back on, it's like, well, this isn't going to work because I'm just going to destroy all the tabs that are on the side. But there's yeah. there's a method to it. It's just it's so weird, and I'm I'm even thinking of how like. I'm not even sure how really that works, where it's literally kind of just like slide it off in a jerky motion when you're removing it, but you can't put it back on that way. You have to kind of like tip the scales and then clip it on in a certain way. It's, it, it, again, it, it's an engineering, like it's a very impressive feat of engineering in a console, but it's also uh, very confusing. Ever, <laughs> I hope you say yes to the following question. Otherwise, why I'm asking it will make no sense. But have you ever seen the movie Beer Fest? I haven't, unfortunately. Oh. I'm sorry. I can vibe <laughs> no, with you okay. on South Park, but Beer Fest is one of those movies I have to see. The The only reason I bring it up is there's this aspect of a drinking contest where everybody has to drink like four normal glasses of beer. And then in the last one, they have to drink out of like uh, a glass boot called Das Boot. And mm -hmm. when you drink it, it always splashes in your face. And then they have to figure out how to 
drink out of it without splashing in their face. It's like a form of German engineering. Anyway, what I was basically saying is the Xbox One X top lid is like the DOS boot of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> of consoles, I guess. That's amazing. It would make more sense if you saw the movie. Damn it. I mean, the the only reference I have to DOS, D- DOS boot here, which, hey, I'm not going to advocate for this or anything, all right? But uh, I had I, I, I had some friends who they were telling me that it's amazing what stoners will get up to in regards to how to smoke. But they had figured out a way to repurpose a boot for smoking out of, and they called it DOS boot. And I'm pretty sure it came okay. from there. But yeah, like they were, they did it as a meme. And then it got to the point, like I was talking with one of them. He's like, oh yeah, I'm going to use that again real quick. Hold on. You know, is it, what does it say about me? Or what does it say about you that when you said, oh, I have a joke about DOS boot. I thought you were going to make a joke about literally disc operating system booting up. <laughs> that's, I actually thought that's where you were going with that. Oh my that. God, what that, 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 would, that would have been a good one. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is I don't even smoke or do anything. So Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, neither do I. I just thought you were going to be like, well, I wrote a program to boot DOS more efficiently or whatever. I'd be like, cool. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. Sorry. That's where I thought no, that was dude, going I, I fucking reason. love that humor. It's great. Yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that Xbox One X. For sure. Yes. Be I'll, cool. I'll be getting it soon. I'll do all the fun stuff to it. Make it. it it's it gets a nicer performance boost than the 360 does, which actually that was one thing I was going to ask you. How has the... Uh, what what performance boosts have you noticed with your 360? Because it's not just, by the way, it's not just modded. I ended up putting a one terabyte SSD that Adam supplied back in this system. So I think you're, right. you're so one the, of the few people I know who has a, an SSD in their 360. Right. So this was a point of, I'm not going to say contention between the two of us, but more of a confusion. Um, I wanted a one terabyte SSD in there. And I never really explained why. I think from your perspective, you assumed I would assume it would make it go faster. Yeah, because... Like the good old speed it, holes in the Simpsons car. Yeah, and and, so, um, and and sorry to cut you off on this, but I've had... And I say this because I, I have so many people in my comments where there's like, dude, can you imagine an SSD in an original Xbox or putting an SSD in a PS2 or a 360? And I have to explain to all of them. I'm like, it's not going to give you any benefits. It's going to be lighter. It's going to not even really run cool it's going to be lighter it's going to be quieter but the speed boost you're looking for no this isn't even sata this is ide speeds that you're going to be maxing out at you're not all of a sudden going to get a half second boot up time on all your games what you're describing is not going to give you a speed increase if you get a speed increase it's because you came from a really shitty hard drive so at that point, if you put a nice hard drive in there, like a nice two terabyte hard drive, it's going to perform just the same as a solid state drive. Right. So I, I knew all that, but I never made that clear to you because I figured you knew. But I but yeah, to your credit, you were like, I, I deal with people who don't know that. Yeah. In my case, it, it wasn't that I had for any reason thought that it would be faster. It's SATA one. I got it. It's capped. Um, the reason I wanted an SSD specifically is for performance reliability. Uh, I have had very bad luck with mechanical drives over the years, but I've never had issues with SSDs. The thing about the Xbox 360, love it, hate it, whatever, it is history's most unreliable console. And if there's one thing I can't contribute, I can't contribute much to the longevity of that console. You did 99% of the work. The only thing I could do to possibly improve the odds of it surviving longer is remove the one thing that is mechanical in favor of something that is solid. So it just has one less moving part in it. So performance-wise, it has functioned 
fine. It's functioned probably, I'm sure, exactly the same as it would with a mechanical drive. It's just that it isn't a mechanical drive. It's a solid-state drive, so highly unlikely that it will die anytime soon. Let's hope so. Yeah, I, I know j- just even for the record on here, it was funny because when I sent it back out to you, you, do you, so Adam here had asked, you were just like, hey, so what was the difference with the SSD? And I was like, honestly, it performed the exact same. And you were just like, no, lie to me. Tell me it was like playing in the future. I was like, okay, fine. It was like playing in the future. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was like, I was trying to be humorous. I wasn't, like, I knew it was actually going to be any faster. It was just kind of like, I don't know. I, I said it more because you had said, I think you had said at that point, like, no one else really bothered putting an SSD in there. And that's why I was just trying to go for, like, you go ahead, enjoy that for all what yeah, little I, it's worth. I typically advise against it just because, again, like, from people look for performance boost and I tell them you're not going to get a performance boost from them. I, I do understand, you know, the longevity on there, as you're saying. So you're looking for something that's just not going to fail mechanically, which I totally get that on that front. But I know maybe the only thing I can think of with SSDs is typically like it was recommended for a while not putting ssds in consoles because consoles didn't support trim and then that would kill the ssd at a faster rate but ssds are really solid right now they have built-in garbage collection and even if you put it into any type of system that doesn't have trim for the most part that's really not going to lead to a shorter lifespan of the ssds they've like if you're getting a modern one this is more worries from like the first and second generation solid state drives when you're paying you know maybe two three four dollars per gigabyte and you couldn't get anything bigger than like a 64 gig ssd yeah yeah that's a different era yes yeah. yeah, I still but pay to. It, it is. It is kind of still rooted in my head a little bit in the fact that I try not to waste write cycles. But even that, I don't think I have to worry about really as much. You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, putting an SSD in an original Xbox because that is on my list. I want to put a two terabyte SSD in an original Xbox eventually. It's still cost prohibitive, but once again, I'm aware wholly that it's not a speed thing. It's more of a performance and re- reliability thing because. Sure. I have had, I've got a few Xboxes, um, and my primary modified Xbox died for the sole reason that it used a mechanical drive. That's it. That was the only thing that went wrong in it. And I've I've just had more mechanical drives fail on me than I care to remember, but I've never had a solid state fail on me. And fuck it. (laughs) Like, I want to put (laughs) SSDs and stuff, because one less moving part, the better. That makes sense. Uh, There's a... I should ask, on the original Xbox, was that a older IDE drive, if you know? Uh, it would have been circa 2004. Okay, so that makes sense, because I have, so, like, all of my original, well, pretty much all my original Xboxes have been modified in some fashion, um, but I did buy one that was pre-modded. I was mainly going after it because of the mod chip and such that was in there, because it had a specific mm-hmm. X3 chip that I was looking for, and I, I still need to tackle this at one point. The thing was in terrible condition it was shipped terribly i'm surprised the thing booted but even so it did have an upgraded hard drive that had a bunch of stuff on there that was no doubt circa 2003 2004 so standard ide drive uh but the ide drives are hot and they are loud and you you can yeah. I, you can hear them dying when they are firing up. They're just so oh, dude, it was doing loud. that clicking thing. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, I, I've I've had more drives click and die on me than I. And that includes small laptop two point five inch SATA drives. Like they, I do not have good luck with mechanical drives. 
So I, I do everything to phase them out. Sure. I want SSDs. But the problem with SSDs is cost. Mm-hmm. It's not cost effective yet to get a two terabyte drive. They're finally starting to get to a somewhat reasonable point. Like at the time we're recording this, um, I believe Best Buy is selling at least a Samsung two terabyte SSD for like $220. Oh, that's Which is bad. still more. It's not bad at all. It's it's more than I'm willing to pay considering that I want to stuff it into an original Xbox. <laughs> But it is, it's at least, like, a couple years ago, that was, like, $3,000. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're, we're definitely getting there, but just not quite there. One terabyte SSDs, th- that's vastly more cost-effective. Yeah. Hence, put it in the 360 for reasons previously stated, or put it in the Xbox One X, which actually will see performance increase from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like... You know, I get it. I, I'm I'm not delusional. I'm not going to stick an SSD into an original Xbox, thinking that like it, the concept of boot times will no longer exist. And that's the important part, as well as as long as you realize that's fine. I, I know when we were kind of discussing putting the SSD in there, like when I saw you were set on it, I was just like, dude, if you pay for the part, if you supply, it, I'll install it. I'm not going to try and convince you otherwise. <laughs> well, I, I think that you. I, okay, so. I think you didn't understand my motivation, which again is on me. I didn't really explain it. Sure. Um, but I, I also didn't know that you deal with so many people who know to the contrary. Um, so yeah, that was probably just a miscommunication on our part, but mm-hmm. it all worked out. It did. Oh, and, yeah. and it's funny because even when you were talking about the two terabyte SSDs just now, it's funny because it kind of have to shift your perspective on that as well. Uh, because you were saying, you know, two terabytes, like 220 bucks, some along those lines. And I said, oh, that's good. But then it was just immediately you followed up there. I was like, oh, wait. But then you also have to realize, like, that's pretty, like, sure, I'd get a two terabyte SSD and pop it into my PC, no problem. But it, then all of a sudden, if I'm going to pop it into a original Xbox, I'm just like, whoa, 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 hold the phone. Do I do I really want, that's a lot of money to all of a sudden dump into this thing. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. It's it's just not ready yet. Mm-hmm. It's good for a computer, but for an, ex- an original Xbox, it's ridiculous overkill financially. Absolutely. <laughs> oh well, well, we'll get to that point here in the next few years. I, I... oh, def- probably by next year, dude. I wouldn't even be surprised if by Black Friday this year you could get two terabyte SSDs for maybe a hundred bucks on Black Friday. That would be interesting maybe. to see. I'm not sure if we get to that point, especially with like. I know we'd still be dealing with all the coronavirus madness and all that, but even you just brought up a good point because you said Black Friday, and I know, like, in-store Black Friday shopping has kind of just been dwindling and dropping and such, so, you know, businesses are opening up even earlier and trying to do better sales here and there and such, but do you think that's even going to be a possibility? Like a traditional Black Friday? No, but don't forget, how I think online Black Friday this year will be beyond insane. Sure, sure. I, I agree on that. Let's see if Walmart actually doesn't crash, which I'm sure it will, as per tradition. Mm-hmm. We'll see, man. But hard drives are always at their absolute cheapest on Black Friday. That's like the best day of the year to buy hard drives. Mm-hmm. I, I still have, so in 2010, I want to say... Um, I had bought a, it was my first big hard drive, I would say, um, but I bought a external, it's USB 2.0, mind you, but I bought a powered external uh, USB 2.0 2 terabyte drive for $80. And mm-hmm. it's funny because, like, that was just, you know, that was, like, my favorite thing for a while. Like, oh, this is an amazing deal, all that stuff. But funny now, even thinking about it, like, I've looked up, you know, prices of two terabyte drives and all that. I'm just like, you know, 
if if you excuse the fact that it's too terror like it, it not too terrible right? if you excuse the fact that it is USB 2.0 i mean hell you can just you know shuck the uh, shuck the case and then get the actual sata drive out of there i'm like that's actually still it seems like a good deal for getting an external 2 terabyte even nowadays <laughs> Yeah. Although nowadays you can get portable ones for like 40, 50 bucks. Like I had to buy one. Those ones though, I typically this... see them for like, it's like a one terabyte USB three portable for, you know, 40, 50 bucks. Yeah. No. Well for the 360 that you modded, I bought, uh, was it a Seagate two terabyte portable drive from Best Buy for like $40. How much was it? Like $40. Oh damn. I've, I really don't see them get that low. So that's surprising. I don't know if it was just an on-sale thing. Maybe it's because we're right around Memorial hmm. Day or whatever. I don't know. But uh, either way, it it was, so I picked it up. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good deal if you can find it. God damn. But, yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, hard drives are just one of those things that always get cheaper, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just waiting for the point for two terabyte SSDs. Like that's going to be my thing because I want that for an original Xbox. I want that for a PS3 test kit. Uh, I have a PS3 test kit. It needs maintenance, but one of the things it needs eventually is a bigger hard drive. I believe the maximum capacity you can stick in there is two terabytes. And for reasons previously stated, not of performance, but for reliability, I want an SSD in there. Sure, sure. I think even funny enough on there, I was actually talking about the the PS3 specifically on my Discord recently, and I want to say people were actually saying that the limitation is... I'll be more conservative here, but I think the limitation on an internal drive is actually like one and a half terabytes. Really? Yeah, and my more, I guess my less conservative one on there, because I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think some people were saying maybe 1.75, but you can't do a full two terabyte. I guess you can do full two terabyte, but you won't be able to, you know, fully utilize it. You won't it, get access to all of it. Yeah. Well, they don't make 1.5 terabyte SSDs as far as I know. Yeah, so you either so. go one or you go two. <laughs> Yeah, so I'd go to and just get whatever benefit I get out of that. Sure. And I the think thing is I don't I don't I don't need to fill it to capacity either. The thing is like um I don't know how much you know. I mean you probably know a lot about PS3 test kits, but um the, the I don't actually. Right I don't PS- I don't have any PS3 dev hardware. Okay, so a PS3 test kit was uh a device that uh, it, it looks exactly like a, an original 60 gigabyte fat PS3. Yep. But it has a couple of distinct differences. One, it has no region coding of any kind. Um, two, it can do artificial upscaling to 1080p for all content, not just, uh, PS one. It can do it for PlayStation two as well. And it can do something to that effect with PlayStation three content as well. Okay. Um, uh, so it's, it's more capable, but the idea was just, you know, the developers who had it would be able to basically universally read whatever. It also is capable if you care about this reading burned discs, um, but if you, there's also custom firmware written for it that the, the, the modding scene has made just for test kits. Yep. Shout and out to team rebug there, for that. They, uh, they see, see, yeah, you, you know, what's up. Yes. Um, once you install that stuff, then you can essentially treat it. I'll compare it to the original Xbox that's modded. It, it kind of can function exactly the same way where you can install games directly to it. You can launch games directly from it. The discs are unneeded at that point. You can also install like. Uh, prototypes and um, patched games that you know maybe originally were Japanese but now are dubbed in English through the fan community, all that sort of stuff. Uh, it it's kind of the the fantasy 
PlayStation for the first three generations of PlayStation all in one device. Sure. I know, uh, I, I think my fantasy PlayStation 3, I would say, is have you seen the actual developer kits of the PS3? Uh, not the test kits. Oh, so, no, no, then I have not, because I'm thinking of, I was thinking of the giant PlayStation 2 test kits. Okay, yeah, those, well, this isn't too far of a stretch from there, so it's like the, the PS2 um, not uh, tool, that's it, the PS2 tool, like the dev kits, they just look like yeah. gigantic PlayStation, they're really cool looking, but they're just gigantic I've seen, looking. I've seen one in person. Oh god, those things are heavy too. They're, they're, it's ridiculously big. It yep. looks like a standee for a promo purposes. Yes, like, yeah. It's insane how big they are. It's amazing. It looks like a giant PS2 that holds a PC, because that's kind of what it is. But the yeah. PS3, they kind of just stepped to they did a sidestep a little bit and they just gave you an entire fucking server um it is a one u i believe it is rack mountable and it looks like if you see like if you've seen an actual server that would go into a server rack it looks like that except in the front you have you know all your connection ports and everything and you can pop two hard drives in there and so it looks kind of like sony audio hardware that was sold at retail at one point like with dat tapes and such but the actual form factor, it is a server. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, and I just, I love how those things look. And then, of course, most people don't put them in a rack mount, so they'll just kind of awkwardly have it, like, underneath them or to the side of their desk or wherever it is, mm-hmm. wherever it can fit. <laughs> yeah, that's, as someone who owns a whole bunch of Dreamcast development kit stuff, I can relate to that. It's 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 not about practical, it's about where it fits. Sure, sure. I would yeah. think with, because uh, I've, I've seen your dev collection, at least the stuff that you've shown, like for the Dreamcast, and yeah. if it was like storing, that would be kind of like playing Tetris. Kind of, yeah. It's it's all sitting in the same place, um, not in the video, but like in real life, it's in the, basically like a cabinet thing, well cared for, but it's, you know, it has to all go into a section, and you have to fit it the best way you can. It is physical Tetris. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Strange stuff. Strange stuff indeed. I, I guess that's where I can respect the. Uh, if you're it, well, if you're trying to respect your space, if you're getting dev hardware, mm-hmm. that's why I can respect Microsoft with it. Where it's like the X, the original Xbox, it's just a taller, clear original Xbox. The 360, it's just the same form factor with a tumor-looking thing up top that looks really cool that holds you know the additional mm-hmm. boards and such. And the Xbox One just looks the exact like the form factor is the exact same as a retail system. Yeah. I've seen the, uh, the Xbox development kit. I almost bought one of those once. Um, I really wanted one. I know I saw this. I don't know if it's still up. There was a guy who did a video of him, like destroying one for a custom case. Did you ever oh, see that? Oh my God. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The one where he, that was like a tragedy. I think it was a DVT four. So it was the actual dev kit, not the debug kit. And yeah, he opened it up and just like heavily customized the inside and tossed a PC in there. That's probably way out of date at this point. Yeah, I remember the whole, like, internet was just pissed off at him. I think he probably thought what he was doing was cool. Wait, wait, (laughs) wait, 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 wait. No, we're talking about different ones. Are you talking about the original Alpha dev kit? Like, the the one that looked like a giant, like, platinum-looking PC and said Xbox on the side of it? No, I'm talking about one that was, like, the OG Xbox, but it was taller. It's clear. Okay, okay, so we're we're talking about the same video then. Because there's, so Adam, unfortunately, this has happened multiple times. There's that one that we're talking about, and there is a, um, so do you know about the alpha dev kits on the original Xbox at all? 
Are you talking about? Well, no, I'm thinking of the prototype they have in Redmond. So no, no, I don't. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that that is the that is a cool looking prototype. But uh, no, so they originally before they had the form factor, they had the Alpha kits, which are just giant, really cool looking PCs, essentially. And they mm-hmm. use PC parts, like it's all off-the-shelf stuff because they didn't finalize it. They did about the same thing for... They did the same thing, actually, for each generation for the Xbox 360, the Xbox One, uh, the Series X, not so much, from what I know. But um, the original Xbox, they had these just giant PC-looking things. And apparently, when they started phasing them out at Microsoft, they were selling them super cheap to employees. But of course, they wiped the hard drives. I think they loaded up Windows 2000 or some other kind of Windows on there. And it was like, hey, if you got some money and you're interested in a cool-looking PC, first come, first serve, buy it, take it home. And I don't... I think they did... Well, if they installed an OS, they did have to include the hard drives in there. But as you know, you can pull data off of those hard drives if it hasn't been overwritten enough times. So it's been really important to, you know, find those hard drives, hope they're still working, image them, and then recover what could be possible from there, whether it be the actual OS or, you know, old alpha builds for the original Xbox built on this alpha hardware. Um, But there was one kid who was, he was like 14 or 15, and he posted this on PC Master Race. And I guess his dad at one point had bought this, from somebody who worked at Microsoft who was selling it and it just the, the the PC was just sitting there and such so he took out all the parts and then built a subpar 3 4 500 dollar PC like it was it, it was an average gaming PC and then retrofitted it in there so a lot of people just lost their shit and they're like dude what the hell? You just you, you you got rid of this. You didn't think to sell it, do anything else, because you took something that was worth thousands of dollars, untouched, and then you built a three hundred dollar PC in it. And then he's like, "Oh, don't worry, all the parts are still here." And he just took all the parts and put them on the floor, like on the bare floor on carpet, and had taken a picture there. So people freaked out even more from that. And then he was kind of trying to turn around, like, "Oh, well, it was your all's fault because I put this up for sale two years ago and nobody wanted it. So look what you made me do." <laughs> this is news to me i've never heard any oh of god I'll, I'll have to link after this i'll have to link you to the reddit thread but it was oh my god it was it was really painful to look at so it's funny because i have a similar story uh to how you mentioned like how microsoft was just kind of leaving them around and saying like employees kind of can take them yeah yeah um, and i was gonna say so- that that happened with the original xbox like dev kits and debug kits from what i know to a degree Oh, that's exactly where I'm going with this. Oh. Um, so I actually have an original Xbox debug kit. Um, it unfortunately does not work. It needs maintenance, but that's not relevant. But um, I had it for a little while. And one time I was out in San Francisco. Specifically, I was up in Novato at 2K Studios, like 2K, the game developer. Yeah. Um, I, I was there for an event. And I was in this room where I was recording footage of like uh, one of the Bioshock collection that was about to come out at that time. And in that room, they randomly had an Xbox One, PS4, and Wii U development kits. And I I was looking at the Wii U development kit because I had never seen it before. And I'm I'm assuming you've seen it. It looks like Luigi gave birth to a Wii U. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Uh, it. It's, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, that's, I was just fascinated by it and I asked him if I could take a picture of it and he was like, yeah, I don't care. So I took pictures of it and stuff and they're like, you know, like, uh, for some reason that got onto the discussion about like development kits and stuff. And I, you know, I kind of came up cause they had never had anybody 
when it comes to these events, they always want people who are like uh, focused on the current product. They never really have anybody who's in in there who's interested about their own history. Sure. So then he, he saw someone who actually was, and I was just we started talking about like what's in the two K vaults and all that kind of stuff. But then he starts telling me this story about, he's like, yeah, so under normal circumstances for non-events, this is where a lot of uh, debug stuff happens. That's why all the development kits are. He's like, the best story, though, is that when we were still doing original Xbox, uh, when Microsoft one day just kind of sent down a message to all the developers, including us, saying, like, we're done with original Xbox, so uh, all the hardware that's there, uh, you can do whatever you want with. The, the I guess the standard procedure is supposed to be, like, Microsoft would have come and reclaimed all of them. That is correct. But, they either reclaim or you're supposed to send it back. You do not own the right. hardware. So in this case, they got a message from Microsoft being like, we're not going to come get it. Do whatever you want. We don't care. Um so 2k didn't know what to do with them because they were like we had like 20 of these things we had no idea what to do with them so he, he showed it to me in the room he's like right here on the floor right here we just stacked all of them there and just put out a sign that said free take as many as you want and over the course of a couple of months they all just kind of gradually went away and he's like that's where all of them went to that's amazing and yeah, so I don't know that that kind of came up because I had talked about my debug kit, and it was like I don't know if mine ever came from there. I kind of doubt it. That would have been a really weird way. To you'd probably get back you'd you hands. would have stickers on it from like the two K and and the studio. Like if it came from that studio, it would probably have specific stickers on there. That's what I've seen on most of these kits. Not always. The, That's the, true. Their Wii U development kit did not have a sticker. Their PS4 and Xbox One sets did not have a sticker. That's actually pretty I know surprising. Ubisoft. Ubisoft put stickers on theirs. Um, it's, it, it seems to be from studio to studio, sure. like, cause at the Ubisoft events I've been to, like the Xbox one X dev kit is cool as shit looking. Have you seen one of those? Uh, which one? The, uh, one, oh, the uh, one X I, you said, right? The, yeah. The X, kit. The, the one that has like the little um, screen I have a in there and everything. Yes, yes. 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 I know what you're talking yeah, about. So you, yeah. Those things look yes, cool. So I, so I played on a bunch of those at like Ubisoft events. Those things are cool, but Ubisoft like keeps theirs behind glass and everything. But uh, 2Ks was just like, whatever, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I just thought it was hilarious that, that uh, that's why there's so many of those uh, original Xbox de- debug kits out there. Because when they pulled up shop, they didn't go to reclaim any of them. They were just giving them away. Interesting. And, you know, so this is the first time I've heard this from you. And ha- have you shared it in a video before? What, that like, particular story? Yeah, the Xbox story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I'm, I, I don't remember it. From it's not there. a secret. I, I swear that. Oh, and and that's fine. But I swear I've heard about the same thing, but from Microsoft as opposed to 2K. Um, because at one point people were saying, like, from what I've read online, people had said before that when Microsoft, you know, when they couldn't wait to stop development on the original Xbox, they just wanted oh, to move I know. on to the that's, 360. Yeah, that's why. That's why they didn't go and claim these. They were like, "It's garbage to us. Yeah. Let's move on." Yeah. So, and that was a big mistake on their part. But point is, on there, they they dropped it like some hot rocks or something. And yeah, from what I know, like dirty shirt. yeah. When from what I know with the original Xbox, like at you know all the Microsoft campuses and such, they just kind of rounded them up and yeah, they stacked them up in certain places and said, "Hey, employees, take one home if you want to." All good, um, but that kind of resulted in uh, in several places, like in mainly like California, I guess we're talking about a state and such, just several different places. Um, DVT four, so those dev kits, but especially the debug kits. For a while, you almost couldn't get rid of them. And people were like using, even going as far as like using them as doorstops, or you could, if you wanted to buy one, you could buy one for like 50 bucks. Like they well, let's, were let's, super common, super plentiful. Well, let's put it this way 
almost every game developer in the United States is either in California or Washington. Sure. So that makes sense. They would all show up. So you would have, especially San Francisco would have been flooded with them because you would have had them all over. I know firsthand that 2K had a ton of them on their hands. Uh, you would have had Ubisoft with a ton of them. You would have had Sega with a ton of them. Uh, and then pretty much anybody else who is out there. I, I'm, you know, I'm spacing on who else at the moment. But, like, uh, yeah, you would have had a lot at that point in time. And especially for something that the industry says is not valuable yet you don't have the collector's market that you're allowing in the door. That's why they're going to end up just kind of being in weird places. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, especially a lot of people, I, I'm sure people might've even passed on them because they're like, okay, I'm not a developer. What do I want to do with this? Or they take it home. They're like, well, I can't put games in here and play them. What the hell? I, this is useless to me. This is just a weird looking Xbox. Yep. Yeah. So that's, so there you go. I love hearing stuff like that. Cause that, that you, that, that can't be replicated. And even, even now, I know with the 360, they start tightened up ship. With the Xbox One, they really tightened up ship. But like the, um, I know Modern Vintage Gamer, he just did a fantastic video talking about um, a lot of the gray market dev kits that started getting out to you know enthusiasts, collectors, uh, modders, things like that. Uh, they were coming from, uh, I believe it was California, but they were coming from somewhere in California at a recycling plant there where Microsoft was just sending off tons of dev kits to their e-waste facilities and these e-waste facilities sometimes there's like hey I don't know if you want this junk sure give me 50 bucks sure take it like 40 50 bucks per motherboard we don't care we're just going to junk it regardless so a lot of those kits and a lot of the reason for I guess the jump start that the dev kit and homebrew community got was from development kit boards that were sent to e-waste facilities that were then resold and moved and changed hands and all that fun stuff. And now I know a lot of that stuff is much more secure. And even if you get a hold of the hardware, the software is so locked down as well too, where it's not like the original Xbox and the 360 where you can just, you know, hook it up to your TV and hook it up to a network and start having fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's funny you mention that because some of the stuff you, you wonder where it comes from and then other stuff, it's like it, it, you mentioned Xbox software specifically. So one of the development kits I have for the Dreamcast, I got from a guy in Japan who had it. I, I can only assume he was a former developer who had just come into a bunch of this stuff but didn't know what to do with it um, because he had two things as i recall he had just a standard dreamcast dev kit at a time when i mean nobody wanted it i mean when nobody when was that it. by the way like what time frame would that be that would have been like before i was even making youtube videos so maybe okay. like 2006 um so he had put up this ebay auction for a development kit and i want to say that he was asking like 300 and i i think i bought it just at the 300 i don't think i did any haggling over that um, and he also had this Dreamcast that had like an audio dev thing, like hard locked to it. I've, sh I've done videos on both of these things. Yeah. yeah. But so I, I bought both from the guy. And when they showed up, he had included a whole bunch of stuff I had never asked for or even knew was there, um, including various like demo discs, but also some like prototype discs of stuff that's like already out there. So don't give it's nothing special. But he also included a whole bunch of dev hardware and so or software specifically for other consoles. So like he gave me a whole bunch of Sega Saturn development tool discs. Holy shit! And a whole bunch of, 
and a whole bunch of uh, original Xbox tool, uh, development discs. And I still have them. It's just like, I, I don't know who this guy was or what he was trying to get rid of all this shit for, but I basically got all of this for nothing, and it's still sitting here. That's awesome. And yeah, it just sounds like he was trying to clean up shop. He's like, oh, I found some weird guy in the US who wants to pay for this. You know what? I've had this sitting around for years. It's not being used. This is my one time to get rid of everything. Yeah, some stupid gaijin wants my crap. Yeah, he can have it. <laughs> and he'll pay me for it? Sure. Yeah, that um Yeah, I'll um I'll go unearth the uh the Xbox disc and show it to you. You'll be like, "Oh, dude, that was leaked like 12 years ago." You're uh, a new I don't even I <laughs> I don't even know what's leaked and what hasn't. It'd be interesting to see though for sure, so I'd like to check that out. But yeah, sure. I know with um it's it's cool when sellers do that. I know to a much 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 smaller extent. This was not even this is food related. This isn't even a um, mm-hmm. video game dev kit related or anything like I'd ordered some hot sauce from a uh, from an eBay seller, and I think I got two. No, because each order was like you order one and you get two bottles of it. So I just put in one order, and the guy immediately messages me, and I guess the stuff wasn't moving because he was like, "Hey, dude, I can still put a few more bottles in the box, and I'm not going to charge you extra shipping. I'll charge you like an extra, I don't know, five bucks per bottle. Do you want any more?" And I was like, "I really appreciate the offer. No, thank you. I'm good." And then. It came in and it had a extra sauce bottle in there. I'm like, this was definitely mm-hmm. not an accident. I think this guy just has to get rid of it because it's probably not moving that well. So thank you. I, I will definitely, I'm not going to use that one because this is like some really hot stuff. So you only use like a tiny mm-hmm. bit at a time. So even the three bottles I have, the one I, I currently have open is going to take me use, years to exhaust. But I now have an extra right. bottle that I can give to someone, which is awesome. Or you can just ride it out until you're 80. Exactly. I could do that too. And then it will probably kill me at that point because it's very hot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's uh, kind of circling back around to the Saturn stuff. I'm just remembering there were also like a bunch of floppy disks. Like that's the kind of shit it was. Okay. Like Sega Sega Saturn development floppy disks. That would make sense for that time period. But yeah, I, I guess typically people don't even really think of the floppy disks. They think of just like, you know, the CDs and such. Yeah, they they did have some of that, but uh, yeah, they're Sega Saturn floppy disks, and it's like I haven't really done anything with them because I'm like, a, I don't know what's out there, and b, like, I wouldn't even know how to go about cloning this. Like, sure. I don't have a floppy disk drive, and even if I did, how is it? I can't even guarantee it wouldn't like override it or some shit, and it's just like I. Wait till there's somebody who knows what they're doing. Sure. It's there. Whenever you unearth it, um, I could reach out to uh, some some preservationist people and such and be like, hey, is this of interest? If it is, cool. If not, eh, but like, what would be the best way to you back this should, up? You know who I should reach out to is Kelsey Lewin. She, uh, she does a lot of that. Right At on. Least, oh, yeah, because yeah. she works with the Video Game Preservation Museum, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's a friend of mine. I never really thought to bring that to her attention, though. Perfect. All right, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that. That works this. out. Yeah, I was anyway. thinking, my guy, I was thinking of Borman. I know he, she, I know they're acquainted, I'm sure, at some point, but mm-hmm. uh, he works at the, I, I think it's the New York Game Museum. I, I'm butchering the Video Game Museum or something, It's but it's just, it's not just video games. It's kind of everything on there, but it's really cool because I'm giving Borman a huge shout out on here. He had done, you know, preservation for years as his hobby and such and for the community and uh what else is going on like he he had done that just for years and years and years and he is a librarian like an actual librarian um Mm -hmm. but he was doing that and doing all his you know game preservation on the side and in the evenings and everything 
and he was able to get a job pretty much doing that same thing. He is a digital games curator, from what I know. But the shit that he has been doing for the past 15, 20 years online, he's now able to do full-time for his job. Excellent. Yeah, that, That's the way to be, man. Yeah, I, 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 just, I love hearing stuff like that. And that's especially a, like, it's it's one of those things I know when he started, you know, think about it, like 20 years ago, that wasn't even a possibility. Because this is all, as you know, this is all just shit that it's like, like with Microsoft, they said, hey, uh, the Xbox is old, just do what you want to with it, use it as a doorstop, throw it away or what have you. And preservation hasn't really been a big thing until, you know, the past 10 years or so in regards to video game stuff. So I know that, you know, the digital game curator thing that wouldn't have even been an option by any means. That has to be a pretty new job. Yeah, I agree. It's it's funny because, like, human beings never learn. Like, we do this with every single new form of entertainment. Like, you know, movies, after they showed them back in, like, the earliest days of film, they literally just burned them. They threw them in fires. They're like, they're oh, I didn't know they burned them. Screen. I thought they were just, you know, overriding and just reusing the stuff. Because I know there's so much no, no, Doctor no, they, Who they, that's gone. I know there's tons of movies that are gone. No, that's you're talking about stuff later that was just poor quality to it. But before okay. that, um, they would mostly literally destroy films. And television shows were always destroyed. Desi Arnaz of, you know, of I Love Lucy was the guy who was like, why are we destroying these? Why don't we keep them and air them later? And they were like, what are you talking about? And he's like, we don't always have to only air something once. Like he invented the concept of the rerun. That's amazing. Prior to him, prior to him, it was standard procedure that once you had aired something, it was garbage and it's to be discarded. Sure. So there's actually a whole lot. It like the the stuff that exists before that. Not always the films, but especially television that exists before that is all just flukes of survival. Because um, it, it wasn't until I Love Lucy where they were intentionally keeping things. I did not know about that. Are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I was saying I did not know about that. Yeah. So, yeah. And we, we've I'm sure that happened with books uh, throughout history. I'm sure that's happened with various music throughout history. Human beings always just do that every time there's a new form of entertainment. We just we kind of suck at figuring out if it's important or not until it's like we've lost a lot of it. Unfortunately, like, oh, it's important. Unfortunately, yeah, that's how it seems. Yeah, <sighs> man. It- it seems like we're really learning a lot more now with like this generation onwards and you know all these game developers and such and publishers are starting to realize that um to the Mm -hmm. point where even like i like one of my favorite releases i've seen was uh the saints row game that was on psp um i think the story with that was there was a guy who was working at volition he was just you know having having some fun looking through the archives and they found a psp game and he's like a psp uh, dev kit and he's like why the hell do we have a PSP dev kit? I don't think we've released any PSP games. They said, oh yeah, we were working on a Saints Row game for PSP. And sure enough, it was on there. And he was like, this is cool. We should share it to the world. And of course it was like, no, 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 we can't show this. And then they were kind of saying like, well, what if we show people this? And what if we kind of archive it? And what if we do a live stream? And for every time these questions were asked, it was always, no, well, hold on. That sounds kind of cool. And it eventually escalated to the point where they revealed it to the world, like on Twitter, and then they did a live stream of it on Twitch. And immediately after the live stream, they just released the ISO online for free. Nice. Yeah, because they were like, this is a really cool part of history. There's obviously people who are interested in it. And like, we, the PSP is dead. Like, we can't release this game even if we wanted to. We're done. We, there's no active development on this. We're not even going to port it. So here, have fun. 
Yeah, that's that's a good move on their part because most most developers would never do that. Because mm-hmm. I can tell you, there's a lot of these guys. A lot of these companies are sitting on like completed or nearly completed games that just never actually came out, and that's they're just never going to do it. Sure, and it usually has to. I, I guess those things have to come out through more non-traditional means like leaking and all they that have to come out, stuff. Yeah. yeah that's that's a unique exception you're talking about there probably because they were willing to give it away for free but yep. partially it has to do with like um quality assurance like any anytime a, a company puts out let's just say that um this is completely made up but let's just say this existed uh let's say for example that sega had made a complete sonic the hedgehog 4 for sega genesis they kind of did with that sonic and crackers thing that we've heard about before but like let's say that that was real <laughs> it was finished um but uh you know that they had never released it for x y and z reasons to release it now when it's not finished uh would just create like issues of quality assurance from them because if they put out a game with their name on it that was never finished and the game is buggy and broken they they not only look bad in the eyes of people who don't fully understand what a prototype is um because they're like oh this game's just buggy and shitty uh why am i playing this but it also can create like um certain financial hurdles and legal hurdles of quality assurance that you're releasing something to the public uh for public consumption that is not really consumable sure so they don't want to deal with any of that they don't want to have to have you know to have to pay lawyers to make sure all that stuff makes sense and they won't get sued or what any of that sort of stuff when you can just it's easier just throw it on a hard drive and put it in a closet and never have to deal with any possible ramifications so i, I guess what i'm saying is it's a long way of saying that the net possible positive of releasing a prototype is generally lower than the net possible negative for a company sure Um, you can get some good pr out of it possibly but there's vastly more complications that can occur from it whereas the easier solution is just throw it in a closet and say we don't care unfortunately yeah and i think even the funny thing with the volition thing as well too is releasing that iso is like well, this is not a physical pressing. We can't even physically make a PSP game. So this yeah. is assuming you're going to have to run this on an emulator, which that's still kind of frowned upon, you know, from official game companies. So although there's there's a lot that it's here and there. We're, we're seeing more change in it, mind you. I'm not saying it's like a bad, bad, bad thing, but um, mm-hmm. game companies also don't want to open, like Sony doesn't want to openly advertise, hey, you can just emulate your PSP games on your PC. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to do that, although they've used PSP emulators like on the Vita and such and other systems. Um, I know there's that. Uh, also, then they might say, okay, well, you need to play this on a dev kit, but dev kits aren't available for public consumption. So the last option is using this on a modified PSP. So it's like, well, wait, are we going to be pushing people to modify their PSPs? What are we doing here? So um, I, I think that the big thing that helped with it too is from what I know, I, I'm not in the Saints Earl community. Uh, I know one of my uh, Discord moderators and friends, Woody, he is very much, um, he, he's into it. He absolutely loves the Saints Row series. And from what I know secondhand from him, um, Volition and, and the developers over there, they're very tight-knit with the community. Um, they work with community members. They give them information. They do take their community and the feedback seriously to help with future developments and patches for their games. And um, they just have that really tight-knit, close bond with their fans and you know dedicated community to the game. So I think that did also play a big role in saying, well, this is only going to cater to Saints Row fans. But at the same time, shit, this is only going to cater to Saints Row fans, so this is great. Yeah. It, it's 
that's good. It's I'm actually I'm surprised by that. It's not impossible. I mean, there are other cases of it, but in the other cases, generally the company tries to finish it up if it's at all possible, and then they resell it in a different medium. So, for example, um, Nintendo gave us Star Fox Two. They did. They completed yeah. it. They completed it before they released it in a completely different context, which would be the Super Nintendo Classic. But because it's just ROMs, you then essentially unofficially officially gave us access to a super nintendo version completed version of that game finally because you could rip the rom you could put it on your own reproduction cartridge and play it on legit hardware Mm -hmm. that's a way for nintendo to you know kind of puff their chest and say hey we finished the game and we sold it on a new product we're not trying to sell you a super nintendo cartridge but anyone who's really in the scene knows full well hey now i can make my own cartridge with it that's true. I was actually going to, while while we're talking, I'll actually double check this real quick. But on the Switch, um, I want to say there's now two ways that you can get it on the Super Nintendo little pack of games and such that you get through Nintendo Switch Online. I'm pretty sure Star Fox 2 is also on there now. So the nice well, thing that is... Well, that makes if, sense because now that's been, now that they finished it, they have every right to resell it. Exactly. Yeah, and actually, yeah. yeah, just to verify it, I did fire this up right now on my Switch, and I see it right here, Star Fox 2. So now, I mean, that that works out, and I, I actually really like that because it's very much a thing of Nintendo has never offered Star Fox 2 officially, aside from a Super Nintendo Classic, which they are not making anymore. So... Mm-hmm. They want people to legally play it, and you can still pay for it because you have to pay for Nintendo Switch Online on this. So I actually like that they now have two official options that you could do that on. Yeah, I mean, so it's not impossible for stuff to have, like I, the trick is really just giving them a good excuse to re- uh, release it officially. And like, and so in Sega's case, like you know, they put out uh, the Tetris on the Genesis Classic that had never been released before. Um, except for a couple of random copies or whatever, but it was like an arcade version. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you're talking, is it the, is it the Tengen one? Are you? Yeah. Uh, no, it was, um, see, that's what I thought at first too. Um, it's, uh, it's another version of Tetris that Sega made specifically for arcades, but they had never actually released it onto the Genesis. Okay. Um, okay. There, there is, there is a version of Tetris on the Genesis that only six known copies exist. It apparently is not that. But it is a game that they had intended for the Genesis, as it turns out. That's actually and pretty the first cool. Time, and the first time they ever were able to give it an official release was on the Genesis Classic. I did not know about that. I'll be honest. I actually I have a Genesis Classic behind me in the box. I bought it. I have not opened it yet. I, I do need to one of these days here. Do you have, do you have relative ease to go grab the box uh, at the moment? Yes. Go grab it and take a look at the back. It talks about Hold Tetris. on. Hold on. Let me grab that. <laughs> All right, I'm not even cutting that out just so people can hear my actual reaction. So, I oh got yeah, right. he moved the chair. Yeah, yeah, I got it right here. Let me see, 40 classic games plus two bonus titles. Oh yeah, I see this Darius plus Tetris right there, official Tetris product. Yeah, so that's the first time that version of Tetris ever was actually released. Wow, I actually uh, outside of the arcade, I have probably heard of this, but I didn't fully pay attention to it. So that's really cool. Thanks for reminding me of this. Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah. That's real dope. Yeah, I, I yeah, do. That's, to... that's what I'm saying. You can you can get some of these unreleased games, depending on how far along they were in production, onto some other official release. It's just that there has to be a publicly, socially acceptable reason for that company to ever have done it. 
Yeah, like um, they're they're not going to. I, I, they would not go and start pressing Genesis cartridges of this in 2019, 2020. <laughs> correct, but they also would not. If the game was too buggy, it's unlikely they would have ever included it, or they would have, depending on how far along it was, they would have taken the time to finish it. Um, so like. You know, like, uh, I'm trying to think, like, what's, uh, this is probably not the greatest example, but do you remember a couple of years ago, there was an original Xbox version of some South Park game that surfaced? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Okay, Right, so it's, that game wasn't even close to finished, and the original development company for that is long since gone. There is no scenario in which that game gets finished and released by anybody. Of course. Um, the current license holder to South Park for video game purposes is Ubisoft. And I can tell you, they would never want to sit there and finish up a claims work from like 20 years ago. That There's no reason. But if, if for some reason a claim was still around and they still had the South Park license and that game had been like 95% done, it wouldn't be impossible to say that, hey, maybe one day... Uh, when we make some sort of original Xbox classic and Microsoft is looking for oddities to throw on there in addition to the games you know, that game would have been a perfect choice for like, hey, why don't you just kind of tweak it a little, finish it up, and we'll throw it on as this bonus game no one ever got to play. That's the really the only context in which you can get stuff like that. Sure, is sure. It has to be a little hook for here's the game you never saw. But if there's ever an original Xbox classic, which I can't imagine there ever would be, considering how Microsoft cares so little about that console, um, there are games that were much further along that never came out. Like uh, Red Star, I think is basically done. I don't even know if there's anything else it needed. Um, but yeah, you, you see the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get that. I know with a... Um... I, I'm thinking there too, and I agree with you on this. But yeah, if you if you make that mythical original Xbox classic, and then you pop the South Park game in there, you, you can't expect people to like. You can't expect to like put a warning on there, like, "Hey, this is a buggy, broken mess," and then expect people to be either crashing back out to the main menu or having to physically restart their little Xbox classic every time it hiccups. Yeah, because people will just go, "This thing is a piece of shit." Exactly. They're not yeah. gonna. They're not gonna pay attention to warnings. Every packet of sugar out there tells you don't eat this, you'll get cancer. But human beings eat it by the gallon. Because so, like, tastes, human it, beings it, do not pay attention to warning labels. There's so nothing not going to pay attention that's to That's a whole other thing. There's nothing redeemable about sugar. It just tastes nice. That's it. Yeah, but that's but my point is simply that it doesn't matter what it says. People are like, this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> they're not going to pay attention to what it says. So that's why companies don't, they don't do the nice thing of like, hey, man, it was never finished. You guys can go ahead and release it, and we'll just play this broken thing. It's fine. We understand. Individuals <laughs> understand that. The masses do not. You cannot put that into a product that you sell, nor can you release that widely and say, like, hey, we're just giving away for free. You guys can play a buggy, broken mess, because the same exact thing will come up. And they also don't want to be responsible of, like, well, it's highly unlikely you'd stick this South Park prototype in your modded Xbox that it would brick your modded Xbox. Mm -hmm. But let's say it did for any X, Y, and Z reason. You think Microsoft wants to be responsible for that? No. It's just infinitely easier for them to have no involvement. Indeed. Indeed. I, I agree with all that. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's why you don't ever really see these official leaks. So this, the thing you're talking about, Saints Row, does legitimately surprise me. Um, that's got to be like the exception. I, I can't think of anybody else who ever did that without doing the Star Fox 2 route where you 
slightly finish it up and re-release it under a completely new way yeah yeah and and sadly I, I, there has to be another example or two out there but i can't think of any but i'm sure somebody in the comment section might be able to help us out and you know say any other a, a, any other releases that were similar to saints row that we saw on psp yeah i i guess the scenario i'm saying is when is there a time where there was a game that was essentially finished or was in a prototype stage where the company that made it years later decided to just release it to the wild for no money uh for free on the same platform it was originally intended for yeah that's Um, a challenge to find (laughs) i can't find that's i i can't even until you mentioned the saints row i couldn't even conceive of that concept Mm -hmm. and that's official yeah that's not like some guy stole the prototype from the office and released it himself yeah that's like uh that would be like i'm trying to think of what was a infamously canceled game that thrill kill uh sure okay that's uh, that's my favorite infamously canceled favorite canceled game so yeah <laughs> what was thrill i don't know enough about thrill kill what was uh, that for uh it was on ps1 uh in short it was developed by paradox it was going to be published by virgin it was going to come out october 31st 1998 EA ended up purchasing Virgin, and then they canceled it shortly before launch, even though the game was done, because they said, this is too violent, and the masses can't have this. And it's now just Actually, one of the most kind of widely... Familiar. It's one of the most widely bootlegged but unreleased PS1 games out there. But there is a prototype or something out oh, there. Oh, there's many. Because you said bootleg. Yeah, yeah there's okay, many. Okay, so that, so that doesn't count, then, because that's out there. Sure. Um but yes, I guess in that case, that might that would actually kind of work. EA could get some positive press out of putting that in the PS1 Classic, had the PS1 Classic not sucked. Oh, that would be cool. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I'm saying a game that we know was like halfway done with development and then just abandoned. And so for the moment, all it's coming to me is like the South Park game. Sure. But yeah, you get you get the point. We're just kind of going in circles here. We are. So everybody gets it. We are. Let me break okay. us out of the circle. So this is a this is one thing I like to do, um, either by myself or with a guest here to kind of wrap up on this. But um, this isn't about to get dirty, is it? No, it's not at all. Unless you've been playing. Get dirty us out games, of the circle, but... jerk. <laughs> this is one thing I like to do with myself, or when I hear a guest on the mic. Yeah. I'm. I mean, okay, sorry. I. <laughs> I guess this can get dirty if you say you've been playing Honey Poppy no, recently, but what I'm going to ask is, what games have you been playing recently? Almost nothing. Um, so, to be honest... Uh, How I the hell does that happen little... where we go from I'm not playing anything because I'm traveling to I'm not playing anything because I'm not traveling? Because I've been too busy doing other shit. Oh I got a bunch God. of 360s to set up, remember that? No, actually I spent a good amount of time last <laughs> night playing Sonic Adventure 2 uh, HD for the 360. Alright. Uh, that, that was kind of fun, thanks to you. Um, I, uh, then the last game I beat all the way through, uh, was Far Cry 5. A buddy of mine and I played that. Um, I was actually, there was a span early on in quarantine, if you want that I was, um, playing a ton of different stuff. I had been beating, uh, a bunch of the Wolfenstein games. I'd been revisiting a bunch of Far Cry stuff, Assassin's Creed stuff. I was just kind of going from game to game to game, but it was getting to the point where it's like, I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything because I'm literally just sitting here playing video games like for fun, which is good. I'm, that's not a bad thing. But then I started deciding, you know, I should really start taking care of maintenance and things in my home that I never have addressed in the last two years. So that's largely what I've been doing. Um, but the last game I played... You know, for any extended amount of time, I guess it would have been that. It would have been Sonic Adventure 2, which I was playing for a few hours last night. Right on. Right on. Yeah. 
yeah, I guess the uh, the games I have here. So let's see. Um, the ones I'm kind of doing daily drivers on are uh, Animal Crossing on Switch, of course, like the rest of the world. Um, and also, I, I just picked this back up, Ring Fit Adventure. H- have you played this or do you have it? I've never heard of that. But what I am going to say about really? Animal Crossing... Yeah, Animal Crossing is funny because I saw a whole bunch of people talking about that. They were like, oh, man, I'm playing AC, new NH. It's awesome. And I kept looking at it and I kept reading it as Assassin's Creed, New Hampshire. I don't remember that one. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, I showed how little I thought about Animal Crossing that I it didn't. I literally had to look up what it even meant. And I was like, oh, right. Animal Crossing. Okay, right, right, right. Yes, I'm aware of this, but I it's not on my radar I understand. Here, here's the thing for That's me. That's my contribution to that statement. There you go. <laughs> well, here's the thing for me with Animal Crossing. I've, and this just a, games like this in general, the games where you just live and it's very open ended. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never vibed with those because I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, what, what, what do you do? What do you do here? So, Animal mm-hmm. Crossing: New Horizons. It looked nice. I pre-ordered it. I was like, all right, this is gonna be. I'm gonna truly try and get into Animal Crossing here, and I'm. I need to play this realizing I cannot set goals for myself. I need to just play it as a relaxing, do-nothing game. And it's been good for that. It's been great, especially with, you know, the quarantine stuff and everything. I mean, they that was the perfect time to release it. And I know they were not doing that on purpose. But they set that release date. Coincidentally, all this stuff happened. And just the world got mm-hmm. obsessed with Animal Crossing because everybody had to be stuck inside Everybody started getting switches. Everyone started getting Animal Crossing. Everyone started going to each other's islands. It was just a nice, happy, relaxing game. And I, yeah, was, I love that. Uh, <laughs> it was a bit of a conspiracy theory that that was part of the, the marketing move was that COVID-19 was a result of Nintendo just wanting people to buy oh my God. Animal Crossing. But the, the better joke was that uh, this was Capcom had launched the greatest marketing ploy of all time for Resident Evil 3 make was COVID-19. Oh, yeah, that is a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Made by the Umbrella Corporation. Which, incidentally, a lot of those uh, Chinese companies where a lot of this stuff kind of originated from, they use the Umbrella logo. Yep. <laughs> and but that's that, but a lot of people think that that's all a conspiracy it's like it actually was just inspired by it turns out like the, the developers you know a lot of that was a, a logo for those uh, biological research companies well before Resident Evil ever existed. Sure. And it ju- they kind of just lifted it as like oh that gives it some off you know authentication. So it just and now came... in hindsight it, it in hindsight it kind of looks like oh goddamn <laughs> like it just came back full circle because Resident Evil ended up becoming huge and it's been around yeah. for generations now. And it uh, came out Resident Evil Three came out the exact same time all this started so there yes you go. it did yes maybe it just shows where my head was at because I was just paying attention like out of I didn't even think of the I knew Resident Evil 3 Nemesis like the the remake came out but I didn't even register that I was just like oh the world is a mess right now Animal Crossing is Mm -hmm. cute this makes sense no but it's 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 funnier with that idea sure that uh they're like damn Capcom you really went all out destroyed the world just for a video game Mm -hmm. and Capcom's like no 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 (laughs) no (laughs) no Yeah, no. So I've been uh, I've been playing those games like daily getting back on that Um, Ring Fit Adventure that has been uh, funny enough. I actually just today, not only I picked that back up, but I also went to my gym and paused my membership because they were closed for about a month and a half and they just reopened. And I don't feel safe going to the gym right now. I really don't. I don't think I have to explain myself on that to anyone. But I was just like, 
I'm going to either pause or cancel my membership because I like going to the gym, but I don't feel safe doing that right now. And I certainly don't want to pay every month for something I'm not using, especially since right now it is confirmed I'll be home for at least another two months or so. Uh, so, yeah, they're they're being nice about it. You don't have to warn them in advance. You don't have to pay a fee or anything, and you can pause it for up to six months. I think they had to adjust that because everybody is pausing their memberships. Although there was a surprisingly high amount of people who were at the gym, and I was disappointed by that. Dude, it's... I mean, not to go down this road, but it's becoming disappointing, like, how much you go outside, and people are like, you know what, screw it. No mask, I'm just gonna wander around, I don't even care. Yep. It's like, hmm. Not that this is the point of your podcast, but pandemics, everybody, they come in waves of three, and wave number two is always the worst. We're entering wave two, and you're all contributing to it. I I have unfortunately equated like the, the people who have you know gotten there they've they they see you know a little bit of restrictions lifted, so then everybody has a giant pool party, which we've seen already. Yeah. You know Memorial Day weekend, just it's like, all that shit. You realize just because somebody said it was okay ish to go outside that the the virus doesn't go like oh that's cool I guess I won't go over there today. It's a fucking virus. It is. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the thing that I, I've equated it to is uh, growing up, one of my aunts, she had this cute dog and he was an outdoor dog. So actually it's kind of the opposite here. He would be staying outside all, all the time and occasionally they let them, him in the house. But sometimes they just like open up the door and slide some food out there. And it, the people who are just un, all of a sudden acting like there's absolutely nothing wrong and nothing's going to spread, they are like this dog where you're trying to open the door just to crack and slide some food out there like, hey, here you go. Here's a nice reward. And all of a sudden he just barges in and gets mud everywhere and all that fun stuff. And it's like, no, we didn't want you to come in and get all over the place. This was not the intention. Yep. Yeah. Give a mouse a cookie. <laughs> Give him an inch. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you want to go with there. <laughs> Going back to uh, going back to games though, um, some of the so those have been like the ones I've been playing daily here, but the ones I've finished. So I've uh, I catalog the games that I finish every month and every year. I kind of do a recap over all the stuff I finished up. Um, but this month, I went back and I just got motivated to revisit the PlayStation Classic and remodify it and go all in and do all this other fun stuff. And part of it was I wanted to play through a game to really put Project Aeris, the mod on there, through its paces and such and mess around with a few things. So have you ever played Fear Effect on the PS1? No. It is. I know of it, but I have not actually sat down and played it. All right. It's a really good game. It is surprisingly short as well, too. So you could probably beat it in like a sitting or two for a four-disc game. It's Seriously, you can beat it in like five or six hours. But, sure. Um, it's really cool. It is like, I, I love the story behind it. It's very much cyberpunk and such. I love the aesthetic there. Um, and the interesting thing is the reason why it takes up so much storage and requires those four discs is because all of the backgrounds are, it's kind of like Final Fantasy VII or any of those games where, you know, you have kind of the sort of photo backgrounds, except they do videos. So they have videos in the background and they're looping and it just really adds the effect there. Uh, the downside mm -hmm. to this is, because they're all videos on the PS1 that are being played all the time, they're heavily compressed. So when you're playing it on, like, when when you blow it up on a big TV, like a 55-inch TV, and you clean it up and it looks real great, I'll tell you this, Adam, I'm not, I, I understand scan lines now. Um, I don't own a CRT. I don't want to buy a CRT. I don't want one of those heavy things in my house. I want to go forward, but I also don't like scan lines. So I like to have my stuff clean. 
but Fear Effect was the first game I was playing through, and it actually kind of hurt to look at because it was way too clean. So when I enabled scan lines, thanks to uh, one of my friends, um, Spoofer, he actually recommended doing that on RetroArch. Once I enabled them, oh my god, it looked so much nicer. And at that point, I was like, <laughs> I finally understand. I get it now. I get it, everyone. I truly do. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Yeah. yeah, I'm yet to find the game that makes me see the value of scan lines personally, mm-hmm. but uh, to each their own. Yeah, it, it, who knows? It might be uh, it might be Fear Effect if you ever get around to trying that. I think I own that. Fear Effect. I think I have it. Sure. I think I could do that. Yeah, give that a shot. And it's like, it's for me, it was, it was bearable at first, but after about two hours of looking at super pixelated, just awful looking, you know, looping cutscenes in the background, I was like, I, I need to... <laughs> I either need to play on a smaller screen or I need to get a CRT or I need to figure something else out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hear you. So yeah, there was uh there was that. And um, I also did a few beat em ups this month as well. So street rage four came out and a friend and I co-opt that on Xbox one. And that mm-hmm. was fantastic to play through. And then uh, this past week, uh, my friend and I, we decided to randomly pick up river city girls on switch both absolutely loved it, and we played through that, and that was another super fun game. So I've I've been doing the beat 'em ups this month as well. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Streets of Rage Four. That was a cool game. That I played so that. Um, I got to play that early back at uh, PAX South. Uh, that was fun. But the, uh, I still haven't played the final version because I'm waiting for the limited run games version to come out. Yes, yes. Or just get it off Amazon, I guess, because they now it's now it's not so limited. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that wasn't... I, I saw the whole thing that for anybody who doesn't know, that wasn't limited run games' fault. They're actually very pro-developer, and the developers behind this just said, hey, limited run games sold a lot more than we expected. Maybe we could push it onto other places as well and do other runs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I hope that changes at least so that we get an Xbox One physical. Yeah, uh, yeah. Xbox One always gets screwed on physical stuff, and that's Microsoft's fault, in case you're unaware. Um, they they don't allow their their minimum orders are much higher than Sony or Nintendo require, um, which is really strange to me that they're the odd man out in that scenario, but um, they are. They they seem like the type of company that would very much say, hey, we have ID at Xbox. You can just release it digitally. That way we, we have That's this, exactly what they we do. have this infrastructure. The, the thing that so um, do you have Super Lucky's Tale on Xbox one? Yes, I do. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I, I don't the have data su- is like 50 megabytes. And then the rest yes. of it's all, downloaded. you know, exactly what I'm talking about. You have to download yes, do. 99% of the game plus the updates. And that was so yeah. frustrating to me. I was like, what the, you, you have, you, cause I think they use dual layer discs. So I'm like, you have 50 gigabytes available to you right now. And it's not like a code is in here. It's a case. And inside, when you open it, the disc is right there and you pop the disc in your system. Why didn't you fucking use the disc for something? <laughs> I agree completely. Yeah. But yeah, no, that was, that was so disheartening when I saw that. And you yeah. don't, yeah. And, and yeah, you that, don't know. That's, until that's the biggest offender of all that. It is truly. Yeah. Because at that point, I'm just like, you know what? I would rather, this might be sacrilegious, but I'm just like, I would rather have a physical case with a download code inside of there because it's just going to accomplish. It would be honest. Yeah, it's just going to accomplish the same damn thing as having a disc with 50 megabytes on it to recognize this is Super Lucky's Tale and allow the download to commence on your system. 
it's occasionally they do fix stuff like that. I don't think they're going to fix it with that one, but like, um, they did it with Spyro. Spyro, I think exactly what I was about to mention. The Spyro trilogy. Like there's two versions of that game. The first version, it's like you get the first game and the second two digitally download, but the re-release, all of them are on the disc because there was a shit ton of complaining about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess in the case of super lucky's tale, that'd be like, whatever, just get the switch version. It's probably the common response you would get. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I might pick that up for Switch at one point here, but I have it on Xbox One. I'm just like, God damn it. That's always the, the offender that I point to in times like this. Yeah, that's the single most ridiculous offender of that whole idea. What's also insane to me is that we are still at a point in time where Cuphead does not have a physical release. Yeah, that is insane. It's It's been released on Switch and Xbox One. We live in the limited run games era too, and still it doesn't have a physical release. It has numerous stupid physical editions without a disc. Uh, like they did with no the um, kind of like the original. I mean, they did remedy it with Sonic Mania Plus, but like the original Sonic Mania, where you can get. Yeah, yeah I, I remember even seeing your videos on that where they they teased so hard. They had released a special edition. They released a bunch of other other stuff. They released a. You, they had cover art. They had actual cases. They even did a limited edition manual. They they. I have pressed, the manual. You do. That's how I know about that. But they pressed everything except for a physical copy of the game until Sonic Mania Plus came out, which had everything. Yeah. Yeah, for those who don't know, that was like one of the weirdest things that Sega ever did, was they made a Super Collector's Edition with no copy of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was like, what are you doing? And the only way, this is what was even weirder about that, there was a manual for it, but the only way to get to the manual was at PAX West that year. Uh, if you went to the Sega booth and like waited in line and played one of their games, you got a copy of the manual. Yeah, I don't know. That was one of the weirdest promo promotional ideas I think they ever had. Yeah, I I don't get that. I mean, I'm happy that we did get plus, and I think it was a little discounted too, and it comes with everything. It was, like, and yeah. it was, and it was to their credit, it was a very nice physical edition, very nice one. But just leading up to all that, I'm like, that's kind of weird. Also, I. I guess maybe I feel a little bit more burned. I I bought two copies of the um of the collector's edition. Um, I got one for Oof. Switch for myself, and then I bought an Xbox One version for my brothers, and they love it. Like the you know the the Sonic figure and everything on there, and the Genesis. That's all so cool, and it has everything except for a physical copy of the game. Yep. Yep. That's yep. how that's it's, how it be uh, sometimes. I think they learned a bit because they've been better about the physical media stuff since. Mm-hmm. but uh for a while there they were just kind of like oh you know i mean they're still doing a lot of stuff digitally only sadly but uh they at least are being more open to it this one this is also going to help because streets of rage 4 while it was made by dot mu i mean at the end of the day it was a sega ip so they do have some say in it yep um but uh, i they didn't have much say over the distribution as i understand it so that's probably why it went from limited run to as yeah, you put it that's so a weird one run. that it happened but i mean eh, it happened it is what it is yeah yeah all right well that's i mean that's about all i have here so adam i do want to thank you for coming on this has been a awesome conversation to have with you and for anybody thanks for tolerating me oh dude it's been fun (laughs) (laughs) um but for anybody who might want to uh find you online check out what you do all that fun stuff where can people find you uh, my name is Adam Korlick, and you can find that everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube is probably best for this purpose because okay. it's videos. But uh, it's just my name. Just look that up anywhere. 
All right, and I'll put on the YouTube upload this, I'll put some of your links down below in the description so people can check you out. Um, now, the very last thing I like to ask my guests on here, uh, for to see who made it to the end of this podcast, I like to see people comment with a specific keyword, and I do pass this on to my guests here. So, Adam, what keyword do you think should be used or key phrase in a comment so we can check them and see who got to the end of this podcast? Nachos. Nachos? I want nachos, so nachos. All right. Maybe you want nachos. Maybe you want to eat them. Maybe you want to smother them all over your body. We don't know. But if you use the keyword nachos in your comment, we will know that you made it to the end of this episode. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how hot the cheese is, I guess. You know, it's yeah. quarantine. You can get into a bathtub with a nice plate of nachos and <laughs> see what happens. I'm just thinking, did, did you see the Beavis and Butthead episode where Butthead went as nachos for Halloween? That sounds familiar. And he's like, he just pours a bunch of hot yeah. cheese on his Yeah. Uh, he like, yeah. I'm, I'm nachos. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I love that show. Where the hell is the next season of that? That randomly comes back for one year and then vanishes again. Yeah, I thought the they were supposed to do more of it. Aside from like the one year that they released, I think in 2011, 2012. Yeah. They were, it's been almost a decade since the re-release of Beavis and Butthead. What does that tell you? That's scary. And now uh, time flies. So. God damn. Yeah. Well, all right. So not that this is the, we're going to go, we're just going to add another subject here. Oh God. Okay. It, okay. Basically all I was going to say is, um, I think they actually mentioned this in the bonus material somewhere that one of the problems with the latest season or the last season of Beavis and Butthead is Beavis and Butthead was conceived as a warning when it was originally created in the 90s, it was created as a warning to say, this is what's happening to the youth of America if we don't step in. Um, if, if we don't do anything about this, they're just people are going to get dumber and they're going to end up like this. But when we got to the re-release, it got to a point where Beavis and Butthead were now smarter than most of the stupidest things in America. Like, the things they were making fun of, like Jersey Shore, are objectively dumber than Beavis and Butthead as characters. Mm-hmm. So they're no longer the dumbest things in the universe they take place in, which makes them not really work as well. That Because they're no longer a warning. Now they're just kind of a, a remnant. Yeah, that that disturbing reminder kind of reminds me of like with South Park, They try, which I'm happy they did this. But, you know, they were going political for a bit. And at one point, I think it was their last season, they said, hey, we're not doing politics. And when asked why, they just said... It's we used to parody it on here, but now the problem is even if we just report the regular politics, it seems like a parody already. So it's just we just want to have fun. We don't want to do this anymore. Please help. Yeah, the Simpsons kind of did the same thing. Okay, like how they famously predicted Trump would be president back in like the late nineties. Simpsons did it, as South Park said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, whatever. <laughs> so whatever. Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching, everyone, and until next month. Thanks for having me, man. Bye.